Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, you gotta fight for your right! <laughs> From the IMLD Home Studios, in its 11th season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your host, Jay and Trey. Yeah, your boys are in the house a little earlier than normal, a few days earlier than normal. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast here with you and for you live on a Thursday night, October the 19th, 2023, which we normally don't do Thursdays, but here we are. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Soundcheck. Jay, are you there? I'm here. Okay. Got in uh, after the show started instead of before. That was probably a, well, yeah, a wise actually, move. Uh, I, I called it right before the show started, and then it just kicked me out. So I had to call oh. right back. Oh, okay. So I, I didn't even see you pop up on the board. So, but you're in, you're connected, and you sound good. So everything's all good. Yeah, ready to go. Get this, uh, get this out of the way. I can start my vacation tomorrow. There you go. So for our loyal listeners, we are doing our football party couple of days early so jay as you just heard can get out on the road with his family and start his vacation which will have a slight detour here uh in beautiful suburban memphis tennessee where we will meet up saturday and have some ribs on the road and i can already taste those ribs my wife actually wanted barbecue tonight for dinner and i said we're killing all the barbecue saturday do you want to you know wait a little bit and she said okay fine we'll get sonic I know. I know what's going to happen Saturday. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be messy, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't wait for it. So I'm, that's all I'm thinking oh. about. I know that's all you're thinking about, too. Well, can't yeah, wait. We're, we're excited to, you know, just to get on the road tomorrow, knock out some, get down by you sometime Saturday afternoon, have some ribs, hang out with you guys for a while, and then we're right back on the road. Um, right. You know, because we're we're probably going to put another two or three hours on us uh, after dinner. I'm sure I'll be weighed down uh, after that. <laughs> but I'll I'll have some uh, I'll have the banana pudding, you know, sugar ah. rush going. So <laughs> yeah, we're excited. Kids are excited. Uh, There's be a whole lot of whole lot of stuff going on on trip. Heading, you know, stopping at your place, uh, seeing you guys on our way down to Florida for a week and. It's gonna be fun. Um, I'm, 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 I'm ready. I, I am absolutely 100% ready uh, for vacation. As we didn't, we didn't do a summer vacation this year. So this is basically, this is basically our, you know, family vacation for the year. But we're doing right. it. 
three months after we normally do. And so I think everybody's uh, everybody's feeling it that that we're we're ready. Every, I know my wife's excited. My my kids are excited. Um, we're we're gonna have a blast. Well, we're definitely excited to welcome you and see you guys. And uh, we already talked about how shocked I'm gonna be at the size of your kids even before yeah. I see them. Yeah, my 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 kids. Uh, you know, my son is, is excited because you know, in his mind, and he's true in his mind, he's never met you guys. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to break out the pictures that I have saved somewhere on the Facebook of uh, when you brought him down there, and he was a little bitty boy, and I put my big baseball cap on yeah. his head. Yeah. So he's he's met us. <laughs> he no. definitely doesn't remember that. Ah, but before that, we got a we got a football party. Yeah, let's uh, get the logistics out of the way. Um, if you're a big-time NFL fan and you're watching uh, on Amazon Prime right now as the Jaguars take on the Saints, and if you're a fan of the show and you follow one or both of us on Twitter, then you already know that we have our picks in officially for this game, and we're going head-to-head to start week seven. Uh, I've got the Jags, and Jay's got the Saints, and the Saints are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And right now, looking good for me in the second half, uh, Jags are leading by 11. So let's keep the good times rolling. At least I hope so. Uh, I guess uh, following up on last week, uh, week seven, or week six uh, last week, which went very, very well for me and not so good for you. So this week it was your turn to wear it uh, the way I did the week before. So we're, we're, I guess we're swapping. We're switching back and forth now with good weeks and bad weeks. Yeah, I mean, so – it was it was a bad week. I mean, I obviously I had a bad week, uh, but I had a lot of like crazy beats where the team that I had, you know, was was moving the ball or, or living in the reds. It just they just could not get the scores, and it's just like okay, this is one of those weeks. Is is everything that we were seeing for the first five weeks all negated by what was just an absolutely crazy week six? And that's what we're here to find out. Um. But yeah, you, you you put one on me. I think it was. Uh, I think you now jumped ahead. What two games ahead now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Believe it or but, not, two games up. We're still both underwater. <laughs> but it. But it really. We take all of that. You know, my good weeks, your bad weeks. You know, and back and forth, and go. Oh, okay. If somebody says, "Hey, after six weeks, you guys are going to be separated by two games," we'd have been like, "No, okay." <laughs> you know. Yeah, kind of shrugged your shoulders. Is you know what are you going to do? I mean, obviously, after a bad week, you you said that how how psychologically daunting four games felt is kind of how I felt this week trying to make my picks. Like, oh my god, I'm I'm two games back. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's of course very tough when you you know put up all the the losses and you you just, you know how so many of them could have gone your way, and that that'll play with your mind too. Because you're like, well, if it, if this happened and that happened, and one step here, one play there, yeah. and it could have turned a, a lot of games around. But I think that's well, that's yeah, the, hard, the, the whole part season. is when you when you're losing and you really don't feel like you were wrong. I think that's the trap, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, yeah. You'll I mean, talk, there were multiple, talk yourself there were multiple, into, yeah, I should have had those. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about some of these games, but there were multiple games last week where I I took the L, but. I didn't really feel bad. I'm like, yeah, I, I saw things the way I thought they were going to go, and things just didn't happen. Or, 
You know, I mean, we got uh, Tennessee-Baltimore, that London game. I mean, did ten- what was it? Tennessee had like eight goal-to-go attempts to get that cover <laughs> and just couldn't yeah. do it. Um, yeah. And that's all they needed was a touchdown and boom, cover. And they and they couldn't get it. It's like, okay, you it's a loss. I mean, we, we picked 273 games. We're going to, we're going to have weeks like that. So yeah, you had that in week five and I definitely had it in week six. I think it was just emblematic of the season. Like it, it was a week, just like all the other weeks where crazy events happened that swayed uh, a pick one way or another, uh, swayed a whole game one way or another. Uh, those two major upsets of the undefeated teams that nobody saw coming. Uh, it, it was just one of those weeks, but all these weeks have been one of those weeks. It's been a crazy ass season. It really has. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I didn't want to make excuses last week when uh, stuff happened and I, and I missed some picks by that much. And the same thing with, with you this week, I'm sure you don't want to make excuses, but this year has been insane. It, it just has been one of those years. So it, it's a, it's a continuation of last year. You know, it, it it's coaching that makes no sense anymore. The teams losing their minds, going for it in stupid positions, crazy stupid penalties. Oh, don't worry, we'll, we'll, we've got a lot you, to cover. You got those covered in your awards. I got some of that covered in mine. Uh, so we'll get to all of that. I mean, you get, get the, to go first. I, I so do. You, so, so it's been my it's been my turn the last couple of weeks, and this week right. you have the honors. Get the raw numbers out of the way first. So you were three and twelve in week six, mm. and I was nine and six. Uh, I got my lock early, that huge dominating yeah. win by KC last Thursday. They covered um, by half a point. Half a point. Um, and your lock goes down Sunday night in that weird Giants-Bills game. Good grief. Was that crazy? Uh, so for the season now, I'm up on locks 4-3, to three, and I'm up, uh, as we mentioned, two games in the season picks. I am at 41-50, and 50, and you're at 39-52. and 52. So we're both looking to turn fortunes uh, around. Just bad. I mean, just bad in general. <laughs> yeah, just terrible. <laughs> it's, uh, I can't remember the last time we've both been this far underwater this late in the season through six weeks. So we, we both got a lot of work still to do. Uh, so we'll try to turn it around in week seven. But first we go back, of course, and review week six, give out our best and our worst and our smartest and our dumbest, all our awards that we give out. Uh, so I do have the honors this week of trying to figure out what was the best thing about week six in the NFL. To me, the best thing was excellent defense, taking down the first or the last two uh, undefeated in the league. It wasn't the teams taking it slow or, or under, underestimating the opponents. I don't think it was that. I think it was just the opponents putting together the perfect mix of pressure and coverage uh, and smart play to take control of those football games. So you're throwing out your flowers every week for different teams, different offenses. This week I'll throw out the flowers to defensive coordinator uh, for the Browns, Jim Schwartz, and for the Jets, Coach Robert Sala and his uh, D.C., Jeff Ulbrich. Uh, some inspired coaching, both of them, uh, to knock off the 49ers and the Eagles, respectively. Uh the two upsets, like I said, no one saw them coming. Um, I could claim geniuses for having the Browns and the points, but there's no way in hell I'm going to try to pretend like I, I thought the Browns were going to win that game straight up. I just was afraid of, you know, bad weather and darkness and uh, dreariness. It just kind of had a bad vibe feel for coming into that game, so I didn't think 
they would uh, the 49ers would cover that big number, but uh, I didn't see them losing the game. And quite frankly, they shouldn't have lost the game. They set up uh, yeah. the kicker to, to win it from 41 yards, which is pretty much automatic in today's NFL. And kid missed it just just straight up uh, blew the, uh, the field goal. Jake Moody, rookie kicker. If Robbie gold was still in San Francisco, the Niners would still be undefeated, but that takes away from uh, the best of the week. I'm giving the flowers to the Browns and the Jets. Excellent defensive efforts. Uh, I'm going to agree with you, and I'm, and I'm half kumbaya with you, because the uh, the other game I actually have more thoughts on. Um, but the one I'm going to be agreeing with you on is giving the flowers to the Browns' defense. Um, okay. and this is, Who do you think you are? I am! It, 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 it's got to be almost like another one of these where we talk about, you know, we're, we're, we're picking things each week. We're kind of giving out the flowers, talking about, you know, even the past performances. And then now it's finally like you had one that made us go, oh, okay, now, now we should talk about you because you did something again that was best of the week, but you've been doing this for a while. And not enough people are talking about – everybody talks about the Jets' defense. Nobody's really been going too crazy about the Browns' defense. And Mm. when I saw the stat today that through six games, they've only given up 1,002 yards of offense for the season. That's 500 yards plus clear of the (laughs) second-place team. They're they're getting it done. All that, time. that defense all season, yeah, they they are on pace to do some really incredible things. They and then they go in and that defense rises up and they and not only do they beat the Niners and yes they missed a field goal and Brock Purdy they did everything they needed to do to get them into the position to to win the game. But let's not forget the, the Cleveland Browns rolled in there with you know PJ Walker at quarterback. I mean this. You know, everything on paper says that this should have been a steamroll. And that Browns defense and, and, and Miles Garrett and that excellent secondary, they got after it again. And I, I think people are starting to take notice of this Browns defense now. Oh, yeah. No, they, they're, they're, they're the real deal. And yeah, I got personal uh, firsthand experience with that defense. Uh, we'll have memories until the day I die of uh, Miles Garrett making love to my quarterback, Justin Fields. So <laughs> His first ever start. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure he's having those same nightmares too. Uh, but, yeah, the Browns are for real. Uh, Jim Schwartz, the crazy man, is uh, one of those defensive mad scientists that sort of get uh, put on the shelf and, and shoved back with all of the offensive uh, gurus and all of the metrics and all of the right. push towards more and more offense in football. Uh, those defensive guys have, you know, they're always fighting for their respect. They're always getting pushed to the side. Um, so for them to make an impact is even more daunting, more and more these days. Now more than ever, it's hard for a, a defense to make an impact. And the Browns are doing it. And, of course, Robert Sala's Jets are, are doing it. I love that quote that Sala had after the game that we played a gauntlet of quarterbacks. And we may not have gotten the dubs, but we've embarrassed all of them. And I'm like, damn, okay. <laughs> go, go ahead. Talk your talk. Tell them how it is. And he's right. He is absolutely right. Anyone that goes up against the Jets, they know what they're in for. They're in for a dogfight. Um, and they did it without their top two, top three quarterbacks. Uh, and still found a way to knock off the undefeated Eagles. So 
That's why I'm, I'm giving twin flowers for for uh, for Cleveland yep. and for the Jets. They both deserve it to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's uh, our bests of the week. So my worst of the week now, and for that I'm going to go to. You might wind up doing the same things you were texting me about it, but uh, some clown coaching, uh, some bad decision making. <laughs> we're not penalties on in this one, so I'm glad. Okay, uh, penalties everywhere. Offense that couldn't find a rhythm. Uh, that that Monday night display between the Cowboys and Chargers, not just. Uh, one team, but I'm going to give the worst to both because that was a, a mess. The whole game was a mess, and it was a nationally televised mess for everybody to see. Uh, and it, both coaches uh, bathed themselves in ignominy. They, neither one of them uh, could claim geniusness in that game. Uh, Dallas pressure wins it in the end, but boy, <laughs> oh, was that a struggle. Uh, not just a national eyesore, but in the aftermath, um, those of us who's consume sports talk and, and sports uh, television had to endure another week of deck discourse. That's kind of what drove me over the top to make oh. it the worst because it was another week after that game that how can you look at that and really say that either side looked good or really came away uh, looking like a real title contender or something, but it, it's you know sparked another week of uh, is Dak good? Is he very good? Is he elite? Are the Cowboys real NFC threats? Are they real Super Bowl contenders? Enough already. We know what the Cowboys are, and we know what Dak Prescott is. Yeah. He's good. He's not bad. He's not very good. He's good. That's it. That's all he's ever been, and that's all he ever is going to be. He's just good, and the Cowboys are just good, and that's it. You don't have to put – any kind of extra value on it just because it's the Cowboys. So it was bad football. It was terrible to watch. It was terrible decision-making, terrible coaching. Um, the Cowboys happened to come out on the, the victorious side of it, uh, which makes me happy on one end just because I picked them. But it makes me sad on the other end because it was another – it just sparked off another week of Cowboys talk and Dallas talk. And are they for real? Uh, it, come on, people. You got to get smarter. Eventually you got to be smarter as a sports public – this is, it doesn't mean anything. It's the Cowboys. It doesn't mean anything. Stop it. Uh, I 100% concur. I didn't have anything to say about that game, so I'm glad you got it all out of the way. Uh, so your worst uh, of week six. My worst of week six is it's official. We now have our weakest roughing the passer call <laughs> in history. Wow. Boy, that's covering some ground. Courtesy of the hit on Josh Allen <laughs> in the Giants-Bills uh, game on Sunday night. Uh, if you are familiar with the call that I am referencing, ooh, it was a doozy. Uh, Giants defender goes in on Josh Allen, who had just let go of the ball. Guy reaches up and it is just it is trying to hit the pass coming out of his hand, swats his arm. That's all he touched, his arm. And then Allen, because, you know, he was doing this weird, you know, kind of jump throw thing, proceeds to, like, fade away from the defender. And, and then they both end up falling down, though, with really no contact on each other other than the guy hitting Josh Allen on his throwing hand. And that drew the worst roughing the passer penalty, <laughs> the softest roughing the passer penalty I've seen, now eclipsing the uh, Tom Brady chest chop 
roughing the passer <laughs> penalty um, that we had in the, uh, I believe that was an AFC championship game against the Chiefs. This is this is this takes the cake. Uh, even the uh, the booth called in their referee expert who instantly said, "Yeah, that's not roughing the passer." <laughs> so it, it's, it, it, I mean, how awful? Can, I mean, we've seen some really bad ones, right? We we've seen the. Uh, we saw the one last year where the where, was it the Falcons and the Bucks where Brady got spun to the ground and that was called <laughs> yeah. in the game. You know, then we had the chest chop, but this one on Josh Allen in a, in a really close game, you know, and the Giants leaving it all out there on the field in that game to 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 have something like that go against them, which was clearly not roughing the pay, but it wasn't even close. It, there, there's no penalty at all on that play. Um, I don't know what to tell you. It's the worst I've ever seen. And there's been so many uh, lovingly grades the quarterback's body part, yeah, we, we saw uh, one head those, or chin. Uh, or... Yeah, didn't we see one where a guy dragged, like his fingers dragged across <laughs> the helmet? Oh, too rough. blow to the head? Too rough. Uh, we, we see plenty of those, so for you to call that the worst of all is is quite an accomplishment. This is bad. This was because there wasn't even a question. There's no breakdown. There's no oh okay, I guess you know yeah his fingers touched his head or oh it looked like he hit him in the face or well maybe he threw him to the ground too hard or the body weight ones right. Oh yeah. Nothing like that. All it was was. <laughs> a defender running after the quarterback who who's kind of jumping and throwing the ball and the guy's reaching for his arm to try to get the pass. And then it, it's instantaneous contact because there's nothing late. And then they both end up, you know, because of their momentum, each going sort of their own separate ways down to the turf. Nobody landed on him. Nobody rolled on him. No bot, nothing. It just, yeah. To call that, Roughing the passer, um, it 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 stretches the rule book. I mean, it 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 basically is precedent setting as far as what roughing the passer is. It was so bad, so I'm, I'm hoping we never see anything that egregious again because that one was the worst. I uh, missed it. I was uh, doing uh, going in and out of doing uh, household chores and stuff, so I didn't see that particular play. Oh, uh, okay. But it just goes into the folder of uh, so uh, pass interference or uh, roughing a passer calls that are so bad that I can see one day uh, they decide to make that reviewable or uh, you can challenge it um, because it's it, like you said if it's that egregious where you go back and look at the film and you don't see anything that indicates roughness uh, just touching a quarterback's arm as he's throwing that that can't possibly ever be roughing the pass there because like at, at that point you really are trying out for flag football and going for the Olympic gold. Cause that's yeah. going to be an, an Olympic sport now. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it was a lot of bad officiating in that game. So that just kind of goes along with it. I'm not surprised that they had something like that. Uh, that last play uh, of the game where Darren Waller draws PI to get the untimed down to set up the giants to possibly pull off the upset. And the Bills say, okay, yeah, we'll just interfere again. Except the refs decided not to call it the second time. And they said, all right, game's I was over. O- 
I was okay with that one because my wife had the bills in her survivor pool that she's still in. <laughs> okay, well, good. So that I was good, okay with. I didn't see nothing. You're being honest about it. <laughs> no, that I was that nothing. was also that was also uh, if it's not at a minimum defensive holding, it's it's mm-hmm. definitely pass interference. He's holding his arm well, one down. Or the other. Right. He's tugging on his jersey so hard that Darren Waller cannot raise his arm. Couldn't reach for the catch, no. Yeah. No, we're not going to call that. And I call love the, the uh, I love the breakdown views of that play where the you can see the ref staring right at it. Uh-huh. So they they saw it. Yeah, they they didn't want to. Uh, they they wanted to get out of the stadium alive. I understand that. Yeah. So they were they're okay calling that on the previous play, which set them up for that. Apparently they're they're not going to throw it twice in a row. No, they, they didn't want to keep calling it all night. Like, no, we're right. we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're so trying to we, leave Orchard Park in one piece. <laughs> we talk about certain teams kind of getting carried by the refs. And, well, you know, you can chalk one up for the Bills here. Yeah, it, it happens. It happens sometimes. Uh, that was yeah. definitely not a well officiated game. Uh, we move on from there to my uh, smartest of the week. Um, I want to point out this team that's actually uh, playing in front of me and put up another touchdown to go up 24 to nine. Uh, that was a smart score. That was a pick six. Ah, well, I'm not talking about this game, but how smart are the Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, they keep game planning and adjusting to the opponent. They bottle up the Colts run game and hold them to 2.6 yards per carry. They're facing their, their guy, Minshew Mania. They know all about him. They, that's where Minshew Mania was born, down there uh, in Duval County. Uh, they forced him to throw 55 times, which is not how the Colts want to win no. football games, uh, which results in three INTs and a Minshew fumble. And that's what you're supposed to do to, to Gardner Minshew, and that's what the Jaguars did in order to uh, win that game uh, last Sunday. Uh, the, the defense refused to let Minshew Mania come home and beat them, and the Colts really missed uh, Anthony Richardson's explosiveness because uh, that, that was a big key in the first game. Even though uh, the Jags came out on top on that one, the Colts were winning and, and looking pretty good for the first three quarters, uh, and that was largely due to Anthony Richardson's athleticism and, and playmaking ability, uh, and they're going to miss that uh, as, as much as Minshew – might be uh, a better game manager, better actual NFL quarterback overall at the moment. Um, he certainly is not the, the playmaker that Richardson is, and you saw that on Sunday. They could have really used it, but the Jaguars give them the credit for uh, finding a way to hold them down, and uh, it doesn't play into tonight, but this is a different opponent in the Saints, a uh, different plan of attack, and they appear to be doing it here as well and, and figuring out how to how to handle the Saints. So, uh, kudos to the Jags. They're they're starting to look good as advertised. Yeah, well, they're doing the they're doing the same thing uh, tonight to the Saints as they did to the Colts. Uh, they're they're bottling them up mostly on the ground and making uh, the Saints throw. And that's not the Saints' strength so far this year. And it's it's also one of those cases where you're trading touchdowns for field goals. It, that's what the Saints are doing, and you're never going to win that way. No, that is not the way to win football games for sure. Uh, no, Jags were the one I got over you last week, so yay. <laughs> and, hey, I'm giving them the props and calling them the smartest, so I'm not being a sore loser about it. They they did it. They they figured it out. But you can't be uh, a sore so you, loser. You only lost. And I could have made it like my worst of the week. God, that one game. Urgh! 
If it wouldn't have been oh, for I... those damn jacks. No, uh, my smartest That's of the week. Right. I'm going. I'm going to pull the page out of your book here because oh, okay. I haven't given them a smartest award or many awards at all. I'm going to the Detroit Lions. Who? Ah, okay. Boy, they just keep finding ways. They find ways to win. They are completely yep. hamstrung <laughs> at the running back uh, position. Uh, see what so you did there. They're down their top two backs, and you'd think, okay. Hey, so, hey! Yeah, uh, we don't have Montgomery. We don't have Gibbs. Uh, we're gonna have to rely on Craig Rent. No, we're just gonna throw the ball 44 times for 353 yards, and <laughs> just completely bomb out the Tampa Bay Bucks on the road, on the grass. Uh, wow. I mean, full, full credit to uh, full credit to their offensive game plan. They just went after that secondary of the, of the Bucks. Um, and Amon Ross St. Brown, 15 targets, Sam Laporta, 11 targets. Um, those two got the lion's share. <laughs> of the oh work. boy. You're and, hot tonight. Uh, you, you are ready for vacation. <laughs> I am. Hey, hey. And, uh, hey, hey. You know, leave it to them. Uh, you know, a team that we don't generally associate with being smart each week. You know, one week it's David Montgomery going crazy for three touchdowns. And then another game, you know, no Amon Ross St. Brown. And then they find a way to win. It's the Sam Laporta game. And, you know, oh, hey, this week we don't have – our running backs are both down, and we're just going to throw the ball all over Tampa, who has a good defense, and, and run them out of their own building. So Detroit coming up with different ways to win every week. Uh, boy, that's my smartest of the week. Yeah, sure. Go go for 353 through the air uh, on Tampa. Yeah, yeah we, we all saw that coming. Um <laughs> No, and Jameson Williams with an awesome touchdown catch. That's what they yeah. need. Yet another weapon to develop weapon. for, for yeah. the Lions. Uh huh. That's well, exactly I, I what they need. When he came back, because he had a little bit of limited play time last year, and they they tried throwing him a deep ball almost every time he was out there. At least won a game, and I have a feeling that he's going to be that guy. This mm-hmm. stat line that he had two for fifty three with a touchdown. It's gonna he's going to have that same stat line a lot. All right, kid, go deep. We're going to put you to sleep with Amon Ross St. Brown and our tight end and our running game. And about the time you're ready to fall asleep, we're going to take your top off. Right. Hey, if it keeps work, if it keeps working, keep doing it. Don't stop until they, until they stop you. Right. No, I, right. I agree Don't with stop that. Until you get enough. That, that too. Uh, the Lions will uh, definitely be tested in their uh, game planning this yeah, week. Yeah, a little, so. little step up in class for them. That's one thing I've heard this week talked about is Lions, what you're doing is great, but you haven't really played. Since the Chiefs, you haven't really played anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, so, we'll see what they're made of. Yeah. Uh, so from there. No! You're stupid as my, the week. Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Dude. Dude. Uh, Back to that wonderful Sunday night game uh, between the Giants and the Bills. Uh, So if you didn't see it, uh, an obviously bad choice by Tyrod Taylor uh, to end the first half. Uh, In a game in which the Giants wound up losing by less than a touchdown, Giants are right there at the the one-yard line, right? Uh, yes. But like ten, nine seconds, ten seconds left, twelve seconds, something in, in that uh, vicinity. And there's clock has stopped, so they're lined up, 
they don't have any timeouts. But they're thinking, hey, we can get one playoff. Doesn't work. Maybe time for another play. But, you know, if we throw it quick enough, should only take two or three seconds. Uh, time for one or two throws and then kick the field goal. Taylor decides to check out of whatever play they had called, and he saw something uh, in that one yard that they had to get to get into the end zone. He saw something in the defensive coverage that said, hey, we need to check to a run play right here. (laughs) Checks to a run play. Uh, Can't get in. Tick, 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 tick. They can't get on the ball to spike it. Time runs out, and there goes your opportunity for any point. You go from thinking you're going to get seven to maybe three, two, nope, you get none. Get stalled at the one and get no points in a game, again, in which you lost by five, less than a touchdown. Could have really used the touchdown right there, even if you get three. Yeah. If the rest of the game plays out the way it did, which obviously wouldn't have played out exactly that way, but theoretically you're down two in that last play where you're trying to force it into Darren Waller who's being interfered with and they don't call it. You don't have to force it into them. You can kick the field goal to win the game if you have those three extra points. So many, many opportunities for the Giants to pull off the upset in a very ugly, very poorly refed and somewhat poorly coached game uh, on Sunday night. But you can point to the end of the first half and Tyrod Taylor uh, clearly checking out to a run. You don't have to know too much about football to know that he checked out of whatever they had called to a run because of the way his red-faced coach, Brian Dable, (laughs) read him the riot act going off the field. Just ripped him up and down as he was leaving the field. Coach, I thought I saw something. I saw something in the defense, Coach. Yeah, you saw something, all right. You saw the opportunity for a touchdown evaporate because you checked to a run play with no timeouts. He did a deck, basically. He ran the ball with no timeouts and said, yeah, we got time to do that. Sure. No. Yeah, no. no, you really don't. That was my dumbest of the week. And again, it's just, it's just the theme of the season. Like I said, we talk about these 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 dumb calls, these crazy plays, and bad time management, and going for it when you should. It just it just put that on the pile. Right, right at the top of the pile for me. Uh, so, <gasps> your dumbest of week six. I'm giving this collectively to an entire fan base. Where <laughs> where are all those Tyson Badgett fans now? That's all I want to know. Our guy. He's our backup. Oh man. We were, joking about, we were joking about the Tyson Badgett experience, and mm. oh man, one you might see one of the worst fumbles from a quarterback <laughs> ever. I don't know if you'll ever see a worse one uh, than the scoop and score that the Vikings ended up having on, on the great Tyson Badgett, who now looks like he's in line to start uh, yeah. after the injury to Justin Fields, and oh, we get to find out real quick uh, what he's all about. Uh, in what looks like it's going to be a complete random Allen Bowl against the Raiders this week, uh, with 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 whether it's Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer or who knows, uh, unwatchable football. We have to pick that game, unfortunately. But I, I, you know, all these people calling into sports talk and on, on the internet, and well, Justin Fields, we we need to move on from Justin Fields. We need to tank for Caleb, but Tyson t- t- mm-hmm. Badgett, maybe he's the answer. Uh, if he's the answer, I don't want to know what the question is. (laughs) 
But he's the backup. He's got to be better than the starter. The backup's always better. Uh, yeah, that, that's Bears fans for you. Uh, I, I don't know how many of them were calling for that, but I'm sure it was some because there's always some calling for the backup, no matter what. It's a lot, you know the Chicago Bears fan base, it's always yeah. the squeaky wheel that gets the grease with them. Yeah, so it might not be you know, em, you know, emblative of the fan base, but there, there's enough of a vocal minority in that fan base who's never happy with anything they get from the quarterback position. No. Who always, you know, and it, and it, and it seeps into the media coverage, and, and it's just the worst town, the worst <laughs> for, for a quarterback. I, I hate any situation. You know, the, the Bears could be getting the first two picks in the draft coming up. God, I mean, Caleb, stay in school. <laughs> uh, the memes are saying that he's t- uh, tanking for himself and, and playing some crappy football to try to not get oh, drafted by the Oh, trying to dissuade teams from picking him now? Oh, man. This whole thing. He, he's not going to win the second Heisman in a row. Uh, that, that's not going to happen. And he's definitely, uh, if he gets drafted by the Bears, going into the you know black hole void. Uh, for quarterbacks in the NFL, you can't go into the transfer portal if they take you either, kid. It's it's you're there, <laughs> right. you're stuck there, That's right? And you're not going to get part ownership of the team. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers already has that. Oh, see. Uh, well, it seems the Bears fan base has been fooled once again by the old backup quarterback conundrum, and it never works out for them. But uh, now we have a new sound drop for those who are always being fooled. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. It fooled me, we can't get fooled again. (laughs) What? Okay. That's great. Glad you found them. I found a sound drop, but I didn't have time to get it onto the show. Uh, that might be the greatest sound drop I've ever found for this show. So, wow! I'm a yeah, bold claim. It's going to be at least two to three weeks though before anybody hears it because I'm on vacation. <laughs> uh, that's a tease. Got to come back uh, in two or three weeks to find out what that could possibly be. That's quite the claim. So what is your uh, surprise of the week? Uh, what what happened? What what's my surprise? Hey, what happened? Just looking up at the scoreboard uh, in the first half hour of football Sunday and seeing that Panthers fourteen nothing lead in Miami, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> We're kumbaya here. <laughs> totally. Look How do we pull that one out as our surprise of the week? Uh, we did not consult on this or any other awards. Yeah. I, I'll even do you better. My, what I wrote down in my little blurb here that I do for myself is I wrote, Carolina gets up 14 before Miami pulls a fielding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they looked down and said, um, we're losing by 14 to the Panthers, and we need to figure out something. And Wait, I feel better. <laughs> Yes, I can stand. I can walk. I can mumble. 
That'd be 35 straight points uh, after they yeah, were down 14 that'll make you nothing. feel better. <laughs> yeah, they but they started with two straight three and outs, and the Panthers took full advantage. They get a Chubba Bubba, Hubba Bubba touchdown. Hubba run, Bubba. And they, they yep. get an Adam Thielen touchdown catch. Adam. They were feeling, feeling, and, and just seeing that score scroll across the uh, the TV screen, I almost fell out of my chair like, what? 14 nothing Panthers? And then 35 straight, and that was the end of that. I had no access to the games because I was working. And, yeah, you wouldn't believe when I'm looking at my phone, especially with the way everything was going to that point, you know, and I was just like, oh, well, of course, team to nothing. <laughs> Carolina in this. Yeah, but then that thing, uh, yeah, Miami re- realized they were, pl- wait, we're the Dolphins and they're the Panthers. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're not dead. <laughs> I've looked for that one too. I get they 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 had to take all the Billy and Chuck stuff and scrub it because they oh. were getting too much flack. <laughs> it wasn't you supposed to really go find this that. far. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if you're ever going to find that again. Uh, but oh. yeah, we, we we both had the same surprise. That's that's funny. Yeah, I I <laughs> had I did all my uh, write up. I had few of them already that I knew I wanted to do, and then. I did the rest of mine today because it was pretty quiet at the job, and I had them all written down. I had that one. Yeah, I was like, man, no, nothing shocked me more than yeah. seeing that Carolina 14-0. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, no, yeah, this, this, this ain't happening. <laughs> right. Like, come on. I, I think 7 nothing surprised me, too. Uh, you know, right. I think it was when I saw 7 nothing, I was what? Really? And then I saw 14, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> What is going on? So that was just the Dolphins playing with their food, as it turned out, because they turned around and, and ripped the uh, the Panthers the way they're supposed to, just bombed yeah. them out of the building. Uh, so, but just the fact that they were even down fourteen that that was uh, that was definitely a shock. Uh, so from there, my biggest letdown of <laughs> biggest letdown of week six: two teams let me down in the same game. And I'm not even talking about the Vikings and the Bears. I'm not even going there. I don't want to talk about that shit at all. <laughs> Cincinnati proves absolutely nothing in beating the Seattle Seahawks. They proved that 214 yards of combined offense for the Cincinnati Bengals. 214 yards. That that don't mean nothing to me. The fact that they beat Seattle and covered the number. No, I don't. I don't. Consider that any kind of proof that the Bengals are all the way back. Uh, the, the defense kept the Seahawks out of the end zone repeatedly, so good for them. Uh, so another Lou Anarumo W uh, for the for the Bengals. Uh, you know they got the pressure up front, so the defense won that. For, but Seattle got to the goal line twice in the last two minutes and couldn't score. Since he had six punts, uh, so the Seahawks offense completely letting me down for not getting a win in a, in a game that they absolutely could have won easily and covered. Uh, but the Bengals letting me down too, because uh, Joe Burrow, he had an interception to go with his two touchdowns. So they're not back. I, I declared them back last week because of the way that he bombed away and, and hooked up with Jamar Chase. And then this game happened. Like what? No, I guess the Bengals aren't back. So they let me down and the Seahawks let me down because that is an absolute winnable game in that situation. I don't know what the hell to make of the Bengals anymore, and the Seahawks are just, they're, they're not very good either. 
Uh, yeah, no, that game, hard to take anything away from that one. It just, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to make either one of those are teams. The, off, are off, the off Bengals? Uh, yeah, are the Bengals back? This is what we keep wanting. We wanted proof, right? So, go take care of the Seahawks. Well, well, you beat the Seahawks, but, but did you prove anything? Not with 214 yards of offense for a whole game. No, yeah. that don't prove nothing to me. Sorry. Well, I'm going to do you one better for uh, my letdown of the week, which was, boy, I'm not going homer here, but, man, my Atlanta Falcons. Losing Mm. to the Washington team Manderskins after they over-doubled them up offensively. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, Desmond Ritter is not him. Um, (laughs) The the interceptions that he threw in that game were – were the kind that just, you know, they're turning Arthur Smith into a meme with his reactions to some of Desmond Ritter's throws. Um, Because it's just like, you can't coach that out of him. You you can do all these things, and then Desmond Ritter just goes and just gags it up uh, in the red zone. Uh, Yeah, they, uh, over 400 yards of offense for Atlanta, 192 for Washington. Man. And they lost. Uh, they doubled them up just about every offensive category, uh, but the one that mattered, three picks from Desmond Ritter, and uh, some of those were ugly, and uh, two of them were in plus territory. Atlanta, in the second half of that game, was living, I mean living, almost permanently living, in Washington territory, and they just come in, kept coming away with zero after zero after zero, and... Uh, you know, for one, I picked Atlanta, and it's maddening to watch from that standpoint. And then, secondly, to just watch a team thoroughly do everything that I said they were going to do, because Washington's defense is atrocious, and they proved it, and they still won the game. Yeah, when you keep giving the ball to the other team. Yeah. So, so losing to a team that you thoroughly dominate is my letdown of the week. Three picks in the second half for the kid. Uh, yeah, yeah. One of the one of them was right there at the goal line too. So, oh, oh, and it was right to the other play. It was, it was not to his yep. receiver. He did not throw. It wasn't a great individual effort by the DB. He was just standing there. He Larry Browned it. Uh, look what I found. Oh, a gift what? right to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I I I've been on Heineke watch since the start of the season. I'm still on Heineke watch. Uh, Tyler Heineke wins that. T- Taylor Tyler Heineken. Taylor Heineke. <laughs> he wins that game. I hate to say it. He wins that game. Yeah, he probably does. Um, it's first home L for for Desmond Ritter too. He ever lost at home ever. Yeah, ever, and he and he didn't play other than the picks. Other than the picks, uh, <laughs> right? You know they were he throwing the ball all over the. He threw for over 300 yards. They were finding London. They were finding pitch. They did everything I said they were going to do and why I picked them, except the quarterback just decides to to gag it up in plus territory multiple times. Uh, yeah, not a not a, not a good showing. And and, and that Sam Howell led offense at 4.3 yards per pass. <laughs> he was sacked five times. Um, Oh, oh man, thirteen first downs to twenty five for Atlanta, and, and they lost. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's an ugly football right there. Yeah, but when your quarterback quarterback keeps giving it away and putting your team uh, in a bad spot, it, that's that's what's going to happen. So yeah, that that was definitely a letdown. So if he's not him, what's the opposite of him? Is it 
That guy. Look at this. Look at that guy. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's the whatever the opposite of him is. That that's Desmond Ritter for you. Uh, moving uh, on to my my Joe. Where where's my Joe at? Oh Joe. Struggling. The uh, the purge QB edition is my struggling. All these quarterbacks that got hurt. Uh, some won't play this week. Some will be out much longer than this week. Who knows when Justin Fields is coming back from having his thumb dislocated? Uh, who knows when Janine Garofalo is coming back from having a back problem so severe that he had to go to the hospital? Uh, who knows when Ryan Tannehill will come back from uh, another sprained ankle similar to the one that he suffered last year, which um, subjected us to the horror that was Malik Willis. Now, we won't know about that until next week because the uh, Titans happen to be on bye this week. Um, and Jacksonville breathing a huge sigh of relief as Trevor Lawrence got his knee bent up late in their uh, game against Indy. Uh, but he's okay. Obviously, he's playing tonight. And as I put on my Twitter uh, when I made the pick, that would have been a contingency. If they had to go to C.J. Beathard to start this game, I would have picked the uh, New Orleans Saints. But uh, because Lawrence was good enough to get out there tonight, that's why I had the Jaguars, who are currently winning by eight, as the Saints are trying to mount a comeback. Uh, but that was my struggling. It's just so many quarterbacks. I can't remember a week where that many starters went down all in one week, and some of them went down really, really hard, and they're going to be out for, for quite a while. So it was, it was a purge week for, for quarterbacks in the NFL. That was my struggling. Yeah, for as much as they protect these guys, too, when you think about that. Like, yeah. they, they overly protect these guys, and it's just it's a physical sport. People are going to get hurt. Now, we talk and, about the ones that put themselves in more danger to get hurt, like, the you know, Anthony Justin, Richardson, who's yeah. obviously not there, exactly. and Justin Fields, sure, yeah. No, uh, those, but but those others they, just, you know, like Danny Dines, just, there's nothing he could do. He just got his ass beat over and over and over again until he finally, his yeah. body just broke on him. People, people fall in love with these running quarterbacks and how many of these guys last? Uh, not very many. Uh, yeah. Michael Vick had a great career because he was able to run away from people before they could hit him. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Vick's problems were, he still was injured quite often. Yeah, but not like a lot of these guys. Not like Cam Newton. Cam Newton had that MVP season and really was never the same. After they wrecked his shoulder, and then it was the same thing mm-hmm. with a throwing arm on Kaepernick. I mean, the only one who's really lasted, even though he's not quite doing what he used to do, is, is Russ. Yeah, he's definitely not the same quarterback. He runs a lot less than he used to. Right. But I don't. I never really looked at a – we always talked about Russ. I never looked at him as a – he was never a run-first type quarterback. You know, yeah, you admired him for running in, uh, just to make better throwing lanes for himself, not necessarily to take off running all the time trying to scramble. Right, correct. So, man, so I'll tell you who was uh, struggling when they hit me. Struggling, and this is the reason why I couldn't go completely kumbaya with you on your best of the week with the Jets defense. Eagles drops. Were, mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a team drop more balls than the Eagles did against the Jets? They're, they had no business losing that game. Devontae Smith had a yeah. season's worth of drops <laughs> by himself in that game. Uh, you have A.J. Brown who pulls up, pulls up, just completely pulls up and cuts off his route on what would have been like a 50-yard touchdown bomb. 
Kenny Gainwell's dropping balls. Everybody on the, so the Eagles. Yes, the Jets' defense has done great things to these opposing quarterbacks, but you can only hurt yourself so much, and that's and, and the Eagles hurt themselves over and over and over because they were Hertz was throwing the ball right where it needed to be and looked like he was playing against a secondary that was missing its top two corners and the Eagles receivers just decided not to show up that day. So it's one thing to, you know, for Robert Sala to get up there and talk about how, how they own these quarterbacks. But if the Eagles weren't dropping everything in sight, uh, Eagles would have walked away with it with probably a pretty easy win in that game. Uh, Cause they had the right game plan. But I've never seen, especially a team like the Eagles with those sure-handed receivers, just putting balls on the ground like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, uh, the Ravens uh, the week before and uh, the Jags a couple weeks uh, before that. Yeah. Uh, we've had some games this, this year where guys are just putting the ball all over the ground. Yeah, that, so that's right up there uh, with, with the Pantheon. Um, I was still impressed with the Jets' efforts uh, up front when they were making uh, life not comfortable for Hertz uh, as, as the game went on, as it got to crunch time. Uh, so I think they uh, made their own breaks, but no, I, I can't take away from the, some of the bad drops. I, I did see some of those drops on the, on the highlights. I wasn't watching the whole game, but I did see right. a couple of, couple of those drops. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you gotta, gotta make your, your own luck and you gotta get some luck uh, that you can't have anything to do with uh, when you when it comes to, some of these big wins. Uh, again, the Browns easily could have lost their game as well, except the kicker decided to miss a 41 yard or so. Exactly. Yeah, there's, there's bad luck involved uh, for, for yeah. both, uh, for both of those. Absolutely. And it, and it just goes to show you how hard picking every game against the spread. We don't just look at a slate and just pick out a couple of games here and there and, and go, Oh, we're going to pick the, we pick every single one. And you're going to get beats. When you're picking every single game, you're going to take some really bad L's. Sure. And uh, the Eagles, nobody go. It's hard to go undefeated like the Browns and the Jets proved to the league because they, you know, they beat the, the the they beat the Niners and they beat the Eagles. But uh, in the case of the Eagles and the Niners, they both kind of beat themselves too. Yes, yeah, so you you need that. You need some elements of luck. Absolutely. Uh, you know. They're, but none of those teams are going to go undefeated the whole year. Rob Purdy no, was not going to so go undefeated hard. for his entire career. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard. Seven, 17 game schedule now, it's going to be even harder to go undefeated. Right. Well, so. Saints, Saints are showing a little heart here in this game. They're, they're still down one score. And they just had a defensive stand to uh, make yeah. a turnover on down. So not out of the, not out of it yet. They so so uh, look on their side. You're, uh, you're Danielle. Some games make you go, what the fuck was that? Because one team is clearly, as you've already talked about, better than the other and just can't get over the hump. Uh, The New Orleans Saints was not the worst team on the field against the Houston Texans. The Houston (laughs) Texans were the worst team. They got, you talk about getting breaks. I called the pick streak. Ending. Oh, yes, yes, that was uh, definitely a part of it. The Texans got as many breaks as any team has in this entire season. Saints blew field goals, 
Derek Carr got picked off driving to seal the game. Uh, and, and as you said, C.J. Stroud would finally get picked off. And even that was a break for the, New York, for the uh, Houston Texans because Zach Bond, the Saints linebacker, uh, gets the interception and gets stripped to give Houston the ball right back. The <laughs> offense and defense never left the field. Uh, it, was pick, throws it, was interception. In, it was a pick in name only. <laughs> right. Throws interception, stays on the field, and gets a touchdown. All at the same time. It wasn't the same drive. Obviously, it's a different drive when you turn it over like that. But ostensibly, the exact same drive that C.J. Stroud throws interception, he scores a touchdown. Like, come on, man. What the fuck? What? <laughs> the Saints should not have lost that game. To that. that it was one of those weeks. It was there was no way some of these games uh, should have gone the way that they went, as, as we both have talked about. Uh, but it was twenty twenty three in a nutshell, really. That that game was twenty twenty three in a nutshell, and so was the game that you thought uh, that you should have won. Uh, that that was the exact same situation, um, it, and really, you know, the, the Seahawks. Um, yeah. They could have beat the Bengals. The Seahawks were there. I mean, I talked about the Titans living in the five-yard line area. You know, well, obviously nobody tells me it's going to be Malik Willis taking those snaps, but still, you've got Derrick Henry, and then they don't use him. It's like, oh, my God. Nah. Everybody will see that coming. we got to be smarter than that. that We don't need that guy. We need to put the ball in the hands of Malik Willis. We're going to trick him. Watch this. One of the one of those weeks. What, what, what can I say? Uh, so you're Danielle. <sighs> Folks, if you have Twitter, if you have ESPN, anything that you have, you can go up. I know her name is out there. I never want to see ever again <laughs> the fucking crazy Chargers fan lady ever again in my life. Put her in a boat and sink it. I don't ever need to see that clip of whatever the hell that was, that conniption fit that she was having during the game. That is the most excited and depressed I've ever seen somebody for week six NFL football. And I, I, I and the sad part is I know it's just, it's going to be memed to no end. It's going to just live in complete infamy forever. We're, we're, we're always going to have this and I hate it. And I, I'm done with it. I'm already done with it. And you're laughing because you know I'm right. <laughs> I'm laughing because I completely forgot about that. But then you start talking about it, and, I, and that woman's face pops in my mind because that really was like living bipolar disorder right in front of like, your face. Like, what am I seeing? <laughs> what? What and is why it? And is the, the camera and, and the camera keeps going back to right, it? That's, like, why is the camera so tight Stop. on her? Like. It felt like we were in a TV show. It felt like uh, we were, you know, in the middle of an audition of a sitcom, you know, for a crazy uh, NFL fan lady. Uh, like we were on her show or something. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know how much of that was planned by the production staff exactly. seeing her doing that, or was that planned even before they got to the stadium? Because they were like right on her face, uh-huh. right on it. Uh, so I don't know what that was all about. I, I've seen, uh, yeah, I've seen her in, in, on social media. I saw that she got um, had McAfee show. Yep. No surprise there. Done uh, with it. 
She's making uh, the most of this uh, newfound stardom or what? Yeah, that was frightening, man. That was they they were right on it. I don't know if any of you uh, that didn't see that. Yeah, she's out there as this crazy Asian lady that was uh, going through every up and down and living yeah. and dying with All every the play. All and and the camera's right on her as if there's no other fans in the stadium. And I'm like, like what, she was what Taylor we? Swift. <laughs> It was that much attention, yes. It was as if she was uh, her own personal uh, Taylor Swift type meme. Like, yeah, she's gonna be, she's gonna live in infamy. You're absolutely right. She's, we're gonna see that face uh, going forward for uh, a long time because she went, she went through everything, man. She, uh-huh. she they, they scored the touchdown and she's screaming and she's so happy, and then they lose the game at the end and she looks like she's about to tear her hair out of her head. And uh, uh, yeah, I was, was, I was over it. <laughs> instantly, and and was, it well, it, uh. I was so just kind of strong, like, what are I'm we I'm glad I gave you a laugh with that one. I'm glad to, you know, <laughs> you, you were so done with it, you forgot about it. I forgot all about her, man. I was just like, whatever. <laughs> well, I am here to share my pain with you. It now well, lives we, in infamy forever on this show. Well, I'm glad you, you put her, uh, you gave her her 15 seconds, because she was living it up and... And she, yeah, she she was going through everything, and they had that camera right on her. And I don't know what that was all about, but yeah, you you gave her her infamy, and and she got her uh, fame from us as well. So she got it from from literally every corner, I guess. Um, and now she's gonna probably call into this show and try to get on here as well. <laughs> she's trying to get on everything. We got a brand new ball game on Thursday night football here. The Saints have scored a crazy Michael Thomas touchdown. Uh, yeah, and it was the the shin drag there. Mm-hmm. Got, got the kneecap down. It was a beautiful catch. It was, and it got the two-point conversion, and now it's all tied up. So those of you watching uh, with us and listening to us, I hope we're entertaining you, and the, the game is yeah. clearly entertaining. Well, it looked like a cakewalk victory for you, so it, it, at least the Saints are acquitting themselves a little bit here. Well, I'm, I'm glad to see it. I, I think the Saints are a quality team, and I'm glad to see them uh, give give the Jags some fight. And I'm also glad to see Trevor Lawrence uh, out there running on his bad knees. It's obviously yeah, it's, not it's, that bad. It's funny because I had actually uh, thought about audibling out of the of the Jags pick when I saw how healthy Trevor Lawrence looked on that bum <laughs> leg. And yeah, there he goes running, man. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Had 63 yards running so far, so. Let's see if he can run him to victory. I think he just added about another 25 to that. Yeah. Uh, so Let's make some picks. That's our, yeah, that's our awards for, for week six, and we'll get to our week seven picks for our abbreviated schedule in the next couple of minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, Come back to the show page and look through our archives or subscribe on iTunes 
or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, in much less detail, at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of J and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. That's right, crazy Asian lady, strictly prohibited. You can't use any of this. I don't even know your name, so we, we're talking about you, but we don't. We didn't mention your name. It's out there. We don't if know you it. really want to know it, look it up, but I'm not giving her any more pub. That's right. Uh, weird schedule for the NFL to go along with the weird play this year. We've got six teams on bye this week. Yeah. Panthers, Bengals, Cowboys, Texans, Jets, and Titans. And then next week, none. For some reason, right in the middle of the season, week eight, they're all playing. No buys. Then back to so strange. I, you know, I, don't, to get, I don't get it. To get into week eight and have no buys at all. Right. Don't, so don't, don't understand it. I, I have no control over that. I have no idea why they did it, but it is what yeah. it is. And we go from there and move on to the rest of the picks for week seven. As we've been talking about, the Thursday night game being played currently with the Jags and Saints tied at 24. I've got the Jags uh, plus two and a half, and Jay's got the Saints. Sunday action, we are finally out of Europe for a week or two. They're, they're going back to Europe. Don't worry. More European football on the slate. They've got two games in Germany coming up uh, after next week. Uh, we're back in America for all our games Sunday. Let's start up in the shy in our hometown as the Vegas Raiders visit the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Raiders three and three, the Bears one and five. Uh, we talked a little bit about this. Uh, we've got uh, a little more sparse injury news for each game uh, just because of how early we're making some of these picks. But for this one, we know it's already going to be the uh, battle of the backup quarterbacks. The Raiders quarterback is not going to be Janine Garofalo with her bad back. Um, it's probably going to be Brian Hoyer because they tried the other kid, Aiden O'Connell, this year, and he didn't look like any great shakes. And for the Bears, we know it's going to be this Tyson Bajan, Bajan kid, whatever the fuck his name is. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Uh, in this one, the Raiders are the favorites. They give two and a half at Chicago. Yeah, boy, this is one of those tough ones. It's like, who do you go with in this spot? Do you go with the devil you know or the devil you don't? <laughs> um, I'm having a hard time with, with this game because, it's like, okay, Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell. It's some we're gonna get some random Allen action, and then we get Tyson Bajan, the greatest unknown of unknowns. Actually, I made fun of him, but he did actually make a couple of nice throws after having one of the worst fumble uh, fumbles from the quarterback position that you will ever see, uh, which basically looked like almost like a just like the ball just popped completely out of his hands, and like this looks like a kid making his first game 
NFL game it comes out of D2 Shepherd or wherever it was <laughs> that he, he came from. Uh, I'm telling you what, I'm a narrative play guy this week on this game. I'm going with the Bears because nothing will make me happier than uh-huh. watching Tyson Bajant go out and have himself one hell of a game and beat the Raiders and just set the city of Chicago completely on fire. I told you this Fields kid sucks. Get rid of him. He's the best. This agent kid. Plus, I think the Raiders are kind of trash. You know. Uh, Okay. They're both trash, actually. They're both trash. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Uh, you, you can go with Secret Bajan Man if you want. I'm, I'm not taking Chicago. They're trash with the game-changing athlete at quarterback. <laughs> and now they don't have that. Like, no. This game <laughs> is going to be it. ugly. We have to pick all the games. We don't have to watch them. Thank God. I, I will not be watching this game. I won't be watching um, any football, I believe. I'm going to be on, the, I'm gonna be on vacation. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to be. I might be checking the scores on my phone. But that's about it. Not going to be watching any of the action. That's that's what vacation is. It's it's a beautiful thing. Uh, so I will take the uh, the Raiders. Uh, on to the Browns and the Colts. Cleveland at three and two, coming off that huge win. Indy at three and three, coming off that embarrassing loss. Um, looks like it's going to be more PJ Walker at quarterback for the Browns. Uh, the, the the weird Deshaun Watson situation continues you know, as the world turns as the as the Watson turns continues on. It appears from some reports that he actually deigned to get out on the practice field today for the first time in several weeks. Yes. So, uh, but that doesn't mean he's anywhere near ready to play. So I wouldn't expect to see him again this week. Maybe he's on the road to being ready next week. Um, but I would expect to see more PJ Walker at QB uh, for the Browns. Uh, coming off that win, it's no surprise they are the favorite in the Dome. They are minus three at Indianapolis. I I am not taking Gardner Minshew against <laughs> that Browns defense. I don't care if it's in the Dome or on the fast track. That just means they're going to get to him even faster. So I'm going to take that defense to to put up. They're, they're, you know, the Colts defense ain't all that great. So I think it's low scoring. Take the under, but I think that the, the Browns, it's pushy territory. We haven't had a lot of pushes this year, which is weird. Um, it, this definitely smells pushy because I could see this easily being a you know sixteen thirteen type game, but I'll still take the Browns and that defense to cover. Well, I tell you what, um, I'm looking at these lines for this week here on Thursday night. We got a lot more even numbers than we normally do. We got we do. three. There's a lot of got... threes this week. You got three, four three-point games. Um, I, I think this is what it is when we're using these uh, bet MGM lines. Is the the closer we get to the weekend, the more funny money comes in and starts pushing these lines off oh, of these sure. even numbers. Okay. Because uh, one of those weeks uh, we we picked early in the week, we had or in the, early in the season, we had like two lines that were even, and everything else was half. So I think that's all it is. Is the later you go, the the more that they're putting these lines on the edge because that's how much money is going on one side or the other. So right now we're getting a lot of evens. I, I, I almost guarantee we're going to have uh, one push this week, maybe more than one. Uh, and we'll see if this is one of them or not. Uh, but we're going to uh, go head to head one more time. The Browns can ugly it up on anybody. They proved that on Sunday. Uh, the Colts, uh, 
they might be in trouble. I can certainly see that, but I'm going to give them the, the dome field advantage. And I'm going to say that the Browns can't quite ugly it up on the turf indoors as they would uh, at home against the Niners. So I'll, I'll take the Colts to the pull it out. And even if they just stay within three, that'll be a win for me. Okay. Yeah, in the AFC East, it's the Bills and the Patriots. Uh, of course, the franchises have reversed fortunes from where they usually are. So the Bills are the uh, powerhouse at four and two, and the Patriots are one and five, and circling the drain and getting worse and worse every week. It, it seems anyway. Uh, Pat's coming off the loss to the uh, Boy Wonder. To you know, how many more ways can Belichick get embarrassed? Uh, now he loses to his former. Protege uh, once again. Um, oh, as the Jags got a uh, touchdown. This this is a crazy one. I, I hope you didn't bet the under. Whoever uh, bet this game. No, we were we uh, were talking about unders and uh, not this game even got close. wild quick. Yes. Uh, so thirty to twenty four Jags pinning the extra point there. Um, as far as injuries for the uh, Bills, we got a couple of Bills and Patriots. We got a couple of. Uh, pass catchers that might be coming back from uh, being dumplings for the Bills. It would be their rookie tight end, Dalton Kincaid. And for the Patriots, it would be uh, the wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster. Both look like they're going to be back uh, for this one. Uh, Bills, of course, had a big phase. Uh, biggest spread of the week. No double-digit spreads, but this is the biggest. Uh, Bills minus eight and a half at the Patriots. How do things turn around for the Patriots at all I think that's the big question because they just keep taking bad L after bad L after bad L and if you're the Bills two weeks ago you come off of a bad L and then you follow that up with a complete egg you probably should have lost that game against the Giants so chalk that one up in the coaching room as an L as well uh I I don't feel great about giving the big points the way both of these teams have looked because the Bills haven't looked right but they've had that extra week now. They're off of the trip. The Bills are fine. I'm going to give the eight and a half and and not feel very confident about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I think the Bills are playing less than that Miami win. Uh, they got up for that, uh, and they haven't played that way since. Uh, whatever reasons it might be, we always talk through the years about how the Bills seem to play their competition. That might be what's going on here. Uh, so... The, the question is, you look at this game, do you play down to your competition here with the Patriots playing about as bad as any team in the league, or do you get up because it's another chance to shit on Bill Belichick? And the Bills absolutely love dumping all over Bill Belichick oh, yeah. when they get a chance. Yes, they do. Um, I, I think they're going to try to dump all over Belichick. They're going to get back up. I think they know that they're not playing their best. Um, also, there's going to be uh, might be a weather game as far as it looks like it's going to be pretty windy in, in several spots but, in the, in the northeast. But not windy Sunday. enough to only throw the ball three times. I, I don't think it's going to be 50 mile an hour winds. I think it might be 20, so it's not going to be where they're only going to throw three times. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I thought the same thing when I saw that. Like uh, windy, but not that windy. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to concur uh, and take the the Bills and the under and give the eight and a half. Uh, on to NFC East, Washington and the Giants. Uh, that's another one of those games that might be some wins affecting the already uh, not-so-great quarterback play there. Uh, team Manderskins are 3-3. Three and three. Giants are 1-5. and five. Uh, Giants' O-line is even more beat up. They lost another player uh, this week in practice. Um, more Tyrod Taylor, looks like, under center. 
for the Giants. I don't think Danny Dimes is going to be able to be cleared and, and be ready to go uh, by the time this game goes on Sunday. Uh, team Manderskins are the favorites. Uh, commanders give three points at the Giants. It's so hard to be impressed by either one of these teams, but we pick them all, and I'm going to go with the Team Manderskins here strictly on the health narrative because you said it. The Giants are all sorts of beat up. That offensive line is beat up at, you know, Washington doesn't do much well defensively, but I, I could see Chase Young sitting on Tyrod Taylor five, six times in this game with that depleted offensive line. And I don't think Tyrod Taylor is going to have the time to exploit the awful Washington secondary. So on that alone, I'm just going to take Washington because they're the healthier team. Uh, that makes sense. Um, I would hope Tyrod Taylor has a good sense to get the hell out of the way when Chase Young is coming from him, but uh, being the dumbest of the week, I don't know how smart Tyrod Taylor is to get out of the way. Um, and even with all that, I, I, it, this is a real tough one. I don't want the team that got housed by the Bears, right? Uh, but I also don't want the team that got his quarterback murdered. I, I don't want either one of these teams. We pick them all, but I don't want to pick this one. I'm going to pass. I'm going to skip. No, I can't do that. I understand. Um, it, I don't feel very confident at all either way in this one. I'm going with the Giants uh, because I, I I don't know. I, 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 I'm less impressed with the uh, – with the with the commanders overall, like again, they got destroyed by the Chicago Bears, who can't beat anybody. Like, yeah. the, if if the Giants and Tyrod are going to beat anyone, uh, I think this is a good team to beat. So I'll, I'll take the Giants just because of that. Uh, on to the uh, NFC South, the, the Buccaneers hosting the Falcons. Atlanta at three and three, Tampa at three and two. Uh, no injury news in this one for either team. Uh, again, early in the week, there might be situations that arise later this weekend, so keep an eye out for those. Uh, for this one, Falcons, the underdog, uh, down in Tampa, they are plus two and a half at the Buccaneers. Yeah, we don't get a three-point spread on this one, so we get the Bucks coming off of a really tough game where they, they were moving the ball, but they just could not convert a third down to save their lives in that game. Uh, was that Detroit? And then you had Atlanta, who doubles up the Washington Washingtons offensively. And you have Desmond Ritter throw three picks. So, uh, okay, <laughs> Falcons can't win on the road. Haven't won a game on the road since October of last season. So mm-hmm. that home narrative that's so great for Desmond Ritter don't look so good on the uh, on the road side. So I think the Bucks bounce back. Uh, I think you get that Mayfield to Evans connection going again. Definitely a step down in class for the Bucks coming off of the Lions going home to face the Falcons. I'm taking the Bucks and locking it up. Wow. Okay. Uh, I, know, I, I understand Ritter was not uh, making very good decisions out there, but the offense isn't moribund. Like he, it's actually sort of coming around as far as making plays. Like at least it's not, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. I know that's what Arthur Smith would prefer, uh, but it looked like at least he's trying to open up and make use of those big ass weapons he's got. And so that's, I guess one way of looking at it is he's the more you trust him and let him uh, open up the offense, the more he's given it to the other team. That's obviously not good, but, at least he's making plays. At least he's coming around uh, when it comes to that. Uh, 
that extensive ass uh, Atlanta defense that you talked about before the season began that they went out and spent all their free agent money on trying to yeah. upgrade their D. They if they're if they're worth their money, they're going to have to come and, and shut down Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. Um, and Atlanta, so far this year, talking about number four in pass defense, defensive yards per game. The Atlanta Falcons, they're number four. They're looking like they can handle their end of things. I'm going to trust the kid, and, and I'm going to say the Falcons pull it out. So I'm going to I'm going to crap on your lock. I, I didn't That's expect okay. you to lock that up. Uh, this is a week I struggled to find a lock. Yeah, it, it, I understand. It, it wasn't. Uh, there's a couple I would have went for, but I'm going. I'm sort of going off the grid on mine as well. So you'll see uh-huh. where, when that comes up. So. so we're both going a little different. Uh, Detroit and Baltimore figured to be one of the games of the week. The Lions are five and one. The, the uh, Ravens are four and two. Uh, that's another game that might be some wins uh, involved uh, up east. Uh, Detroit's got running back issues. David Montgomery uh, was performing very well for them, and he went down with a rib injury. Um, looks like Jameer Gibbs may be back to take up that slack uh, coming back from his hamstring. Uh, again, not sure what he's going to do probably tomorrow's practice will tell you uh his uh his status for the uh game on sunday um but they got some other uh possibilities craig reynolds making plays so uh the lions just kind of finding guys at this point to to fill in and do what they got to do uh in this one the lions are the road uh cop out underdogs they are plus three at baltimore um you know, the Lions have just found so many ways to impress every week, right? I mean, you can't go narrative enough with these guys for all the things that they're doing. And I'm still going against them on this one. I am taking the Ravens. And it, it, this feels like a Ravens kind of spot. It's going to be uh, another uh, possibly windy spot. You know, this is an outdoor team going on the road you know, playing outside against a much better team. Uh, they played the Bucks last week, but this is a much better team that they're going to face this week. Feels like the kind of game, like, Lamar might have one of those games. He's going to need it. He's going to be able to have to run around. He's going to have to make plays and have to avoid Aiden Hutchinson. And I, I think, you know, and the Ravens, they are exceptionally well coached. We talk about that all the, all the time. This just feels like a spot for the, the Lions as that sort of up-and-coming team. This is a good spot for them to go on the road and uh, and, and learn some lessons, and I think that's what's going to happen here. Okay. Uh, I looked at this as Harbaugh versus Campbell is a absolute mental mismatch. Like, you talk about two guys on the complete opposite ends of the spectrum, uh, John Harbaugh versus Dan Campbell, and yet – Detroit plays so hard for their coach. There's no denying that. There's no way you can deny that the Lions get up for their coach and play for their coach, and they bite the kneecaps and they bite the ankles and they do all the things uh, that Dan Campbell said they were going to do from the moment that he uh, took that job. Uh, So it's a tough pick. It's a very tough pick because I I got Baltimore by three. I'm just going to be honest. I I think Baltimore's going to win by three, so this obviously is uh, very pushy for me. Got to pick one or the other. Um, it, it might come down to the Ravens having to defend the Ben Johnson trick play. Uh, he's going to pull out something, you know, that they, they're going to pull out something crazy. But with the wind, it might not work the way that they want it to work. 
So I'm sort of talking my way into figuring which way I'm going to go into that. Can Lamar hang with golf in the shootout? So I, I guess that's how I see it. If this was in a much better weather-wise uh, situation in a dome on turf and all that, I think I would probably go with the Lions. But in, in this situation with possibly some elements involved outdoor, like you said, uh, I'm going to concur and, and take the Ravens. But it, it feels very, very pushy. It smells very pushy to me. All right. Well, it looks like you got your first win of the week because the Jags with the goal line stand at the end here. Praise be to Foster Moreau. For dropping an easy touchdown. Wide open. Yeah. I I will take it. It's uh, yet another, uh, oh, geez, who is is that Moreau uh, with his hand, with his head in his hands? I mean, yeah, you just, but again, these are, you know, the difference between W's and L's. Well, man. Yeah. That that play had no chance. You got to throw something. You got to go to the middle of the field. You got to stop with these fade routes. You guys can't just throw fades over and over and over again and expect uh, good things to happen there. Where's Alvin Kamara? Where's the wheel? Right? That that's just terrible play calling. You talking about talking about the fourth down one? I'm talking about first, second, third, and fourth down. Obviously, <laughs> the third down one should have been a touchdown, but all four yeah. of the plays they ran looked identical. Well, yeah, but it it worked. At one of them one should have been work. a touchdown. No, one yes. of them should have been a touchdown. But yeah, oh well, yeah, he should he should feel bad. He dropped the game tie and touchdown. Yeah, it's hitting him hard. He knows it. He had it right there in his hands, and then he dropped yeah. it. So poor I kid. I mean, but... it was perfectly thrown ball right in his hands. Uh, I guess he hit him in the worst possible spot. <laughs> yeah, it happens. So I will take it once again. Uh, Complete luck on my side, but I will take it. All right, we're moving on to late afternoon action for week seven. Pittsburgh Steelers, Los Angeles Rams. Wait, Steelers. so did you, did you agree with me on that one? You talked about it for so long. Did you take the yeah. Ravens? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I talked right. myself into it. Okay. Going around in circles, but yeah. But it smells very pushy. Uh, Steelers and Rams. Steelers are three and two coming off the bye. Rams are three and three. Uh, for the Steelers, they should get their tight end, Pat Fryer, moved back uh, from his hammy coming off the bye. And they also should get Deontay Johnson, the receiver, back as well. But that's not a, a complete uh, slam dunk. He, he looks like he's trending towards coming back. Uh, but T.J. Watt isn't practicing. So that's definitely something to, to keep an eye on. Um, as for the Rams, uh, Kyron Williams have been doing good work at running back for them. But he goes down uh, with an ankle injury, so they will not have him uh, in their running back core. Uh, with that, the Steelers are, here's another uh, cop-out line, uh, three-point underdogs at the Rams. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams here. Uh, yeah, Kyron Williams was a nice story for them, but, well, you get you, you knock one guy, one guy down, and, hey, who comes back? Cooper Cup. And he yep. has just slid right back into that offense and looks like they're clear number one, and he gets all the targets. He had 148 and a touchdown last week. They completely overmatched and overclassed Arizona. Pittsburgh on the road in this spot. I mean, I know the Rams at home is not a big home field advantage, but they they, they can still get after it a little bit on defense. I mean, Aaron Donald, some of those guys a little long in the tooth, but they can still do it. And uh, Matthew Stafford getting – Cooper Cup back just to add him to that mix and we get to see if is Zach Evans the guy or Ronnie Rivers or who, who's going to be the guy to run the ball for the Rams but I, I'm still going to take him here at home I, I just don't trust the Steelers right now not in this spot for sure 
Yeah, uh, Rivers, I believe, uh, hurt himself as well, so it won't be him. Yeah. However, however they fill it up uh, for the for the backfield, it won't be those two guys, Rivers or Williams. Uh, but this one, I, I said I was going a little uh, off kilter uh, with, with my lock as well. Pittsburgh, I think they might even take this game if they were to be able to cover Cooper Cup and, and Puka Nakua. Uh, it would be much easier to do if they could pass rush Matthew Stafford. TJ Watt's not practicing. That doesn't sound good. It sounds like they might not have him for this game. That makes all the difference to me. Uh and, and with the way the Steelers' offense is looking or not looking, like it, it almost seems too simple, too easy to be true. Like there's no way I see the Rams not outthrowing the Steelers, right? There's no way that Matthew Stafford right. is getting outthrown by Kenny Smallhands. And we also know there's no way the Steelers can run the football. They're 28th in the league uh, in rushing. So like what what are we what are we looking at? They they're not going to be able to outthrow them. They can't outrun them. I, I, whoever these guys are running for the Rams, I think, are still going to outrun the Steelers because the Steelers can't run the football. So that's why I just feel like I don't I don't see a way. And this is exactly the type of game that Mike Tomlin wins. Because I, I don't see how they could possibly win this game, and they're going to do it anyway, and yet I'm still locking against them, and I'm still taking the Rams. I was about to say, you talked yourself into taking the Steelers, but you locked up the Rams. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Way to, way to take both sides of that one. Thank you. I'm very good at that. Uh, We'll move on from there. NFC West action, the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. Cards are one and five. Seahawks are three and two. Uh, Cards are 0 and three on the road and not looking like they're going to turn that around necessarily, but we'll see. And the Seahawks only one and one at home. Uh, In this one, uh, no injury news either side uh, that that I could see. Uh, Cards are the big underdogs here. They are plus seven and a half at Seattle. Well, the hook always scares you on a line this large. Uh, I'm still going to take the Seahawks and give the points. Uh, you, you might be onto something here about the fade of the Arizona Cardinals. They tried. I, they still try. They always try. They tried against the Rams, but the effort is not producing the results. And you've got the Seahawks now coming back home for some home cooking after – you know, playing a really tough game, probably deserved to win that game in Cincinnati, but didn't. And now they get to come home and, oh, get right spot. And I think the Seahawks are going to be able to take care of business here. I'm going to give the seven and a half. I I hate this hook, but I'm still going to do it. I completely understand the smash spot situation, the get right spot uh, for the Seahawks. The reason I'm taking the uh, the hook and the Cardinals is because I'm afraid of Josh Dobbs giving one more big time try hard Herculean effort now that Kyler Murray is about to come back. Kyler Murray's injury window has been yep. opened uh, to come back from his ACL. Uh, so that's the only reason I'm going with that. I think Josh Dobbs is going to get one more big effort to show what he's made of before they uh, bring Kyler back and probably cut Josh Dobbs loose no. and, and put him on the I, I like open your, market or something. I like your narrative play here. Yeah, that, that's my narrative play for the week. Uh, Packers take on the Broncos. Green Bay coming off their bye at two and three. Denver at one and five, continuing to be the laughing stock of the league. Uh, running back Aaron Jones for Green Bay is looking at Denver in the way that they defended the run against Miami, and he is trying like hell to get back from his hamstring injury. So 
look out for Aaron Jones uh, to be activated for this game against Denver. Every running back should be trying to get healthy uh, when you get to take on the Denver Broncos. Uh, Pack and, and Jordan Love are actually the favorite. That's how bad the Broncos are. Uh, Pack are minus one uh, in Denver. Well, you, you called the key player of the game, Aaron Jones. So I, I for a Thursday night going into Sunday, this is my one and only contingency play of the week. Oh, I'm taking the Packers if Aaron Jones plays. All right. Because that offense has looked completely different and, and, and mostly inept with A.J. Dillon running the ball back there. And, and nothing's opening up for them, and that's not allowing Jordan Love to find his receivers and move the football. I'm going to take the Broncos if Aaron Jones does not play. So I'm going complete contingency. This is my only contingency play of the week. Packers and Aaron Jones. If it's no Aaron Jones, Broncos. Got it. Got Green Bay with the uh, with the asterisk for the contingency. Yeah, I, I don't have any contingency this way. I thought I would have a, a couple uh, being this far out, but yeah. I, I guess I looked at all the picks and, and that was uh, solid in, in all of my predictions. I don't know what that means, but uh, there you go. Uh, so you are on the record, Green Bay, if Aaron Jones is playing. Uh, you know, the Packers' offense is so damn deficient. Uh, I don't think it matters that that atrocious Denver defense might win the game because that's how bad Jordan Love has looked in certain situations when you put enough pressure on him. Yeah, the defensive rankings are still suffering for, for, for Denver from that Miami game. That's skewing everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes them look like the worst defense of all time because that's how bad Miami put up. You know what? The Packers ain't Miami. <laughs> They are not the Dolphins at all. I'm going to take the Broncos, no matter who's playing uh, in the backfield for for Green Bay, because I think they can absolutely defeat the Packers. Uh, and, and and Denver's no great shakes. I understand they're they're bad. They're very bad. But who, who, who's the one go... team they beat? Oh, don't 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 go there. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I don't think they're going two and. Fifteen is what I'm saying. They're they're gonna win some games. And so here's first you gotta get to two in order to go two <laughs> and fifteen. <laughs> they got time. They have plenty of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. I know. They got ten weeks left. Eleven yeah. weeks. All right. Ch- uh, Chargers and Chiefs. AFC West action. Uh, LA at two and three, and Kansas City at five and one. Um, KC looks like they uh, going to get a little. I don't know if he's going to play at all this week. Probably not. But they got uh, they, they went back in time and got one of their old weapons back, uh, trading uh, for Nicole Hardman. So he's back in the house. Uh, I really like that move actually for the Chiefs because I think they're using certain guys in that sort of Nicole jet sweep role, and they don't. Kadarius Tony is not Nicole Hardman. I mean, he's. <laughs> Whatever you think of him, he's not that. So I tell you, one of the one of the podcasts I listened to said it best. That they, this was right after they announced the trade, so it was very yeah. fresh. And it said uh, basically, these guys said the the Chiefs just added Cole Hardman to a team full of Cole Hardman. <laughs> well, yes, but. But at the same time, it's a team full of guys they're trying to make Nicole Hardman's, right? I guess uh, we'll go get the original. So, yeah, they're, they're trying to put it. Rasheed Rice is not Nicole Hardman. Whatever you think of him, uh, what, he, Sky Moore is not Nicole Hardman. So 
I actually like this move a lot for the Chiefs, although I don't I don't think he's going to play this week necessarily. But he might. I, I, I actually don't know. Uh, Chargers, big underdogs, uh, plus five and a half at the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, I came really close. We talk about locks. I came really close to locking this game up, but I didn't. So I went with the Bucks. But I actually came really close to locking this one up for the Clipper Chargers. Uh, so oh. I'm, t- I'm taking the Chargers in this game. These two teams play each other really close. Um, Not too many results determined by more than six. A lot of field goal type games. Uh, The Chargers have come out ahead in several of these matchups in in most recent history where it's been Herbert versus Mahomes. Um, I don't think that the Chiefs are the Chiefs yet. I know they got you that you're you're stunning, overpowering lock last week. Um, Yeah. Beaten beating Denver by 11 um, in a 10-and-a-half-point spread. But I'm going to take the Chargers here because they seem to have the recipe for moving the ball back and forth on each other. So I got the sense that this is probably a field goal game either way. Love the over on this one. But I could see this easily being 31-28, 30-27, that type of game. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers and the points to keep it close. Uh, but that was usually when the Chargers have their full complement of weapons. I think it's unfair to have the Chargers as on a short week and then the Chiefs on an extra long week. Of course, their last game was last Thursday, uh, a week ago today. Uh, I, I'll, I'll take the rando Kansas City targets over those jokers on, on Los Angeles outside the Keenan Allen. Although Mike Williams went down with injury, all those other dudes running around with Keenan Allen are those really are just dudes. Like Justin uh, Herbert is so trying like Josh hell. Palmer doesn't get yeah. you excited. Gerald Everett, uh, Jared Everett's actually a, a real tight end. Um, but yeah. he's not filling okay. in for Mike Williams downfield. Like none of those no. guys are doing uh, what Mike Williams is doing. So, uh, or the it, the it, guy at the end of the game that Stephon Gilmore just straight up pushed out of the way and and picked and picked that last pass with the Cowboys. Just get out of here. I'll, I'm taking. We weren't supposed to see that one, right? We talk about non calls or calls in games. Like, like Stephon Gilmore straight up just ran up to the uh, Chargers <laughs> receiver, pushed him out of the way, and intercepted <laughs> the ball. And that didn't get. I was like, oh. oh. That that's just the perfect end to my week right there. It's okay. He's going for the ball. Yeah, I, I <laughs> it's okay to go for the ball. You can't just run up and shove the dude out of the way for going for the ball. Yeah, you can. You can take a firearm out I and guess. blow him away. And if you're going for the so. ball, it's all good. All right, it's all good. Uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll tell you, I, I I understand the Chiefs guys are all just randos and and Pat Mahomes isn't getting on the same page with any of them besides Kelsey. I get that, but. Right. Uh, Herbert is struggling with all these guys, too. Uh, he's trying like hell, but it's just not uh, cohesive, not yet anyway. So I'm going to take the Chiefs uh, by several touchdowns. I, I feel like Mahomes is going to break out for this one just because it's the Chargers, and they usually uh, have a, a, a dog fight back and forth, like you're saying. Uh, so I think Mahomes kind of gets that lighting up in the back of his head and remembers the old days uh, at home and, and takes the, the Chargers down. And I, I don't think Herbert has the weaponry to match that. On to Sunday Night Football and the game of the week. Man, you're, you're missing a good one on vacation. I'm hoping I'm just... wherever I am Sunday night <laughs> has a TV. Yeah, uh, That might be my only request. To, can we go have dinner somewhere where they they have a TV? Because I, I want to be able to catch uh, this one, because this one's going to be fun. 
Miami Dolphins, Philadelphia Eagles, both teams five and one, uh, doing it in extremely different <laughs> manners, but they're uh, both very, very high on the top of their respective conferences, and it's going to be a, a good one. It's going to be uh, definitely styles clash. Dolphins, one loss, of course, on the road at Buffalo. Eagles, 2-0 and at home, undefeated, and coming back from that L that they took Against the Jets, you know they're going to be feisty. You know the Dolphins are going to be ready. Uh, did the Dolphins overlook the Panthers? Did they look ahead to this game in going down? They did down? for about 10 minutes. <laughs> and then they woke up and realized what was going on. Uh, did the Eagles look ahead uh, to this one, uh, taking on the Jets? Uh, it's hard to tell. But this is the game, the Sunday nighter. Everyone's going to be looking forward to it. Uh, Miami is not the cop-out underdog here, the fact that that offense, the numbers that they're putting up, that they're an underdog to anybody is kind of surprising, but they are indeed the underdog. They are plus two and a half at Philadelphia. Oh, it is the best game of, of the week. Uh, I mean, there's a couple other really good matchups, but this is by far the best matchup of the week. The Eagles coming off of that first loss, the Dolphins putting it on everybody, except for, like you said, the one team that put it on them, but that's their sort of arch nemesis in the Buffalo Bills. We get this game in prime time, right? So we actually get to see, you know, some prime time. Last time I think we saw prime time Tua, he was getting ragdolled uh, by the Bengals. Oh, boy. So let's hope we don't get that. Let's hope we don't get that. Um, Let's hope we actually get some high-flying offense. Um, Be really interesting to see what that Dolphins offense can do against this, we call them high-octane defense. We don't usually say that about defenses a lot but they they you know they can get after it so it's going to be interesting to see what uh what mike mcdaniel and that t- that team can scheme up uh trying to keep Tua safe and upright we're going to get a lot of you know probably a lot of raheem moster a lot of quick passes a lot of tyree kill a lot of jet sweeps i think you're going to see all kinds of motion and trickeration and i think it's going to be good enough i, I I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this miami offense can do against an elite defense like the eagles on the road in a hostile environment this is going to go a long way towards informing people about how real or fake the miami dolphins are like if do, do they have legs or are they just the team that can put up 70 on the also rants so i'm going to take miami in this one uh to 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 sneak out a very close victory at Philadelphia in, in, a, in a great game. Yeah, this, this is going to be a great test for that Miami offense that's setting records and uh, most you know yardage and points and things of that nature through the first four games of a season, five games, six games, um, and Mike McDaniel and that dry wit of his. Oh, I like, love yeah. that quote of his. That was our goal. <laughs> Wait, that was our whole goal was to set records through the first five weeks of a season. Yeah, for yardage. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we set out to do. No, uh-huh. that, you know, uh, I saw that. He's, he's, well, I'm glad we finally referenced that quote. Yeah, he's a he's a special one. That guy is. Uh, I, I, when I say special, I mean you, you can take that any way you want. Like he might be on the autism spectrum, or so, I don't know, but he's special, and he's also brilliant, and and he and he knows his football. Um. But this is a very hungry, very talented Eagles defense. Uh, they can hunt versus the run and the pass. And this is what we were talking about uh, these last couple of years with the Eagles defense, that the clear uh, shortcoming and weakness was stopping the run. And they went out and got those dogs. They went down to Georgia and got those bulldogs 
uh, to, to shore up things on the defensive front, and they are now full. They are complete. They can stop you in the air and on the ground. That is now the number two run defense in all of football, the Philadelphia Eagles, taking on clearly the number one running offense and passing in football in the Miami Dolphins is going to be a brawl. Uh, this is the type of game that you get up for as players. Uh, and they're, both teams are going to bring their best effort for sure. Uh, it feels like Philly lays it to them, to me. Coming off the Jets' upset, the home crowd, it's got to affect that Dolphins' timing. This is what I'm talking about. When I think about how you know record setting and all that is, the timing that they are having, the precision to pull off what they're doing uh, in Miami on that offense, just to throw it off a little bit would do wonders. Like you can't keep up. If, if you don't throw it off, you're going to keep up giving uh, 6.5 yards per run, which is what the Dolphins are averaging right now, which is completely ridiculous. And then 9.7 yards per throw, which is what they're averaging, which is also completely ridiculous. Like, you have to do something to disrupt that or else they're going to completely steamroll you, right? Uh, and I think this is the type of scenario where it gets upset in this environment, prime time, with this crowd, not just any crowd, it's a Philadelphia crowd, for fuck's sake. It's Philadelphia. You know they're going to be rabid. They're going to be drunk from the morning all the way up to the start of the game. Uh, and that defense is a combination of that environment, that crowd, and that particular defense, which is – you know, one of the best in the league. So that's that's why I'm going with Philly and also, like I said, throw in the motivation for losing their uh, perfect record last week. I think they're going to be focused. If there was any chance that they weren't going to be focused coming into this game, I think uh, that's going to get them focused. And that defense is going to throw off the timing just enough. You don't have to throw it off a whole lot, but the way they're running like a fucking foreign watch, like it is just perfect the way they're doing everything in Miami and just to, just throw it off a little, just a little, you don't have to slam Tua down. You know, I'm not calling for him to, to throw up gang signs and get ragdolled around, but I think they're just going to disrupt it just enough uh, for the Eagles to come and, and take the victory. But either way, it's going to be a great, great game. I hope you yeah. uh, are able to get a, a seat somewhere and, and, and get, get to watch that one. Cause it's going to be good. Yeah. And I think that would be distressing for the Dolphins, who want to really be, look, they want to look at themselves as, like, legit contenders, that their two toughest matchups, if they get rolled in both of those, uh, you know, that can hit the psyche a little bit. Because then at that point, yeah, it does go to what Mike McDaniel said about, yeah, we, you know, when he sarcastically talks about how their goal was to break, you know, yardage records through the first five weeks, what he's really saying is, no, no, we have loftier goals than that we, we want to be you know elite we want to go to the super bowl we you know that's what we set out to do you go you lose you get rolled by the bills and you go get rolled by the eagles people are going to not think too much of you you know even after you put 70 up on the broncos right now they know they they're i don't expect them to get rolled by 20 points by like they did uh in buffalo i definitely don't yeah. expect that um, but I do think they're going to come out on the short side. The Eagles are going to be too motivated, uh, but it's going to be a fight. They're, they're going to give uh, Philly all they can handle for sure. Uh, got plenty of time for our Monday night pick. We had the short uh, schedule, and we had well, it was the a small uh, slate this week. So yeah, the the, the small schedule and uh, 
got through our, our awards for our week six pretty quickly. So uh, in a very rare time of looking at the clock and not having to worry about time constraints, we can stretch out and take our time for however long we want for the 49ers and the Vikings, and we probably won't take very much time on this game, uh, as it turns out. Uh, the Niners are 5-1 and one and also coming off of their first loss of the year last week, and the Vikings are 2-4 and four and 0-3 and at home this season. Uh, question marks uh, for injury situation is, is we just don't know. Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey both not practicing so far this week, but it's early in the week. There's a Monday night game, and this is Thursday night we're doing the show. We, there's th- four days between now and in the game. That's plenty of time for one or both of these two guys to make the practice field and feel like they're good enough to play. And even further than that, these two are of that caliber that they might not even practice, but they might get out there Monday and walk around and say, yeah, I feel good. I I can go. And you're going to put them out there because you want to play Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey if you have them at your disposal. So, uh, we're going to pick the game anyway with those two question marks out there, but they are definitely uh, big question marks for the Niners. Uh, despite that, at the moment, they are big favorites, uh, minus six and a half at Minnesota. Uh, yeah, minus six and a half. Let's see. They lost their first game, and their bounce back spot is to go and play primetime Kirk Cousins. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I'm taking the Niners. I mean, this does if this if this isn't the splash bounce back spot of bounce back spots. I, I, I yes, Debo might not be upright and McCaffrey might not be right, but this Niners defense is still going to get after that Vikings offense. No Justin Jefferson. They can't run the ball to save their lives. I just don't think the Vikings are going to be able to score enough to stay under a touchdown. Uh, it, it might not. They might not need a ton of points, the Niners, to cover seven in this game. So I'm going to take the Niners, give the six and a half, um, and, and let's just enjoy the crap fest that is primetime Kirk Cousins. Uh, sorry, Cass. Sorry, all the Vikings fans. You, but you know what it is at this point. You know what what you're dealing with. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to concur. It's it's a much lesser defense for the Niners to face than what they uh, what they had to face uh, in Cleveland. Brian Flores sending countless blitzes uh, in Minnesota. He's setting a, a record for most blitzes being sent, uh, if anyone's keeping track of that. I think in this spot with this quarterback, with this system, that's going to let Brock Purdy sort of carve up uh, the Vikings behind all those blitzes. Like He's a guy you don't want to have less people out there in the secondary because he's just going to exploit the the mismatches and, and use the timing that he has a great timing with his uh, targets uh, to, to make the Vikings look pretty bad. And, and the Vikings defenses, uh, as we know, they, they can struggle. They, they are often struggling. Uh, so I think uh, similar to the Eagles, I think uh, Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy used this as a spot to, bounce back from their first loss and sort of reestablish who they are. So I will concur and take the the, uh, 49ers. Yeah, and Brock Purdy, you know, did the right thing after that game because they had receivers out there who don't usually play. And there were some drops and there were some missed opportunities. And he backed up his guys and he didn't throw them under the bus. He didn't say that 
that they needed to be better. No, he said that I need to be better. I need to be a better leader. Even though Brock Purdy, by the way, did everything that he needed to do in a tough spot to win the game, uh, still manned up and took credit uh, or blame, in this case, for the loss. It, it showed a lot. Yes, it put it on me, absolutely. Uh, well, he can't say what uh, what the truth is. The truth is, if my organization would have just kept Robbie Gold, we'd have won this fucking game. He can't say that. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's it. That's our uh, yeah. Because uh, Moody week. missed two uh, in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the, the the game winner right there, uh, forty again, forty one yards. You, you just don't see uh, kickers missing forty one yarders these days. Kickers are better than ever, man. They're just they're lining oh, up for no, fifty five and going right down the middle, like no problem. So, yeah. No, I actually don't mind the 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 abridged runtime tonight because uh, unlike most of the time, like with Saturday night, I, I I still have to work tomorrow and start driving. So oh wow for yeah because I'm working in uh, well the kids are in school tomorrow so we're not leaving for our our the start of our trip until after the kids get home from school so we're all packed. Uh, I've just got minimal like last second stuff to pack up. Uh, you know, we've got stuff in the car already, uh, all the clothes are packed, so we're pretty much ready to go. So kids are going to get home from school tomorrow at 3.30, and then we're gone. Uh, but before that, I'm still going to work tomorrow, so I still get to be up at 6 and and and, and do all that fun stuff. So I actually uh, don't mind that we had a little snappy show here tonight, but we disagreed a lot for a, for a short week. Yeah, we did. Uh, let's it's see like exactly how many we disagreed. Eight? Yeah, yep. That's uh, you, you nailed it. Hey, yeah, I've always got a feel for it. I'm usually pretty close. Plus, uh, plus you already got a, you got got up one here on that. It turned out to be a nail biter. Right, it would be nine counting tonight. Yeah, that turned out to be a uh, really close matchup. Even though you know, it still looks like a, a touchdown game, but it ended up being close uh, with the Saints uh, having goal to go there and getting held mm-hmm. out of the end zone. Yeah, I, I thought the Jags were going to run away with it. They were uh, up several scores. And then I yeah. looked up and, wait a minute, the, yeah, that score is shrinking. Saints defense started clamping down. Doesn't help that there was a pick six in there. for So, you know, it was right there for the Saints. Yeah, they, they had their chances. And, again, Foster Moreau in the end zone had his chance. Oh. That, that should have been a tie game. Man, and you could see he was he was feeling it. So we, we, mm-hmm. don't, we obviously don't have the, the pictures to back up the words, but, folks, if you didn't get to see it, uh, poor Foster Moreau was uh, looking like sad Chargers lady there at the end of the game. <laughs> uh, he took it very hard, yes. <laughs> see, now you're bringing her up. See, she didn't as ask for sh- more attention. As he should have because yeah. uh, that was the game-tying touchdown. Yes. So, he knew it. He, he blew it, and, 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 he, and he knew it. So no no need to pile on more on that. Uh, so, Bob. yeah. Uh, Cost me a chance at a win. <laughs> uh, but he's a great person to me because he won me money. So I'm very happy for that. Uh, uh, do you have any thoughts on the, on the baseball playoffs uh, going on? It's been. No, uh... <laughs> not really. Hey, your Phillies are looking good because that was, I believe, your. Yeah. But does it, at this point, though, I mean. 
all these top teams just get wiped out completely. All you know, of them. and for you know anybody who uh, wants to talk about the Cubs, um, well, it was a great year. Uh, you missed out on the playoffs by one game after you collapsed over the last two weeks of the season, and right now is evidence of why that's so important. You could have been the Arizona Diamondbacks in the NLCS exactly. right now. Exactly. So Arizona with the win today makes that a 2-1 series. Uh, you got uh, the, the Astros and the Rangers uh, knotted up at twos. So pretty uh, pretty wild, but kind of it just doesn't – it feels cheap that all the best teams aren't there. Like the teams that you spent five months watching be the best in baseball, none of them Six are there. Months. Six yeah. months. None of them are there, and yeah, so it feels like whoever ends up getting the title this year, you just be kind of like, yeah, okay, yeah, they, they, they won the title. Right. Yeah, it's a little sad to look at it that way, but yeah, it's hard to, especially those of us long, long-time baseball fans who, re- who remember how hard it was to get in the playoffs when it was only right. the division champions. So it really was the best versus the best back then. So you yeah. didn't really have fluke champions. Now you got all these teams that are, you know, getting in as wild cards and uh, one game wild card back when they had that and knocking out the best teams. That was the worst when it was, you know, you dominate oh, for sure. 162 games, then you get knocked out in one game. So at least they had three games, but it doesn't feel much better when you're looking at the Atlanta Braves and all the uh, records they set and, just down uh, in three games, just get out. Uh, the LA Dodgers and that crazy uh, lineup and, and all the ways that they could beat you, get out. You know, this, the Orioles, the, right? Orioles cleared top record in the league. I mean, they were a nice story, and, and they got blown right out of the playoffs. That lineup went to sleep when it was when it was time to yep. play. So uh, it, it's you know, baseball is such a uh, weird sports when it comes to that like yeah well it's such a rhythm sport you know right basketball the best are going to be there at the end there are there really aren't any fluke champions in basketball because you can't fluke your way to four games over a team that's better than you it's just not going to happen uh football is sort of in the middle like you can't have flukes because it's only one game but usually you know the best teams find a way to to win the games at the end um but not all the time it, it does happen sometimes where flukes come out of uh, come out of nowhere. Baseball, but you don't get a lot, a lot of you don't really look back though and see a lot of fluke champions in right. football. Right, there might be some fluke, you know, uh, the other side of the Super Bowl. You know, the losers you you might say might be some flukes in there, but they don't. The flukes usually don't rise up and win the whole thing. Right. Um, whereas in baseball, it could be if your pitcher, if you have two pitchers that got hot like hell at the right time uh, and your lineup just happened to have three or four guys that got hot. Now you're world champions. And it's like, really? Okay. Yeah. Or you, or you, or you make the mad dash, you get hot the last two weeks of the season and you sneak into the playoffs and then that somehow carries you through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're just being hot at the right time is really what it's all about in, in baseball, right. not so much the best teams. So, it's a little disappointing to see that because the, the Braves are certainly one of the best teams all year. The Dodgers are one of the best teams. The Orioles obviously were one of the best teams. Um, and, and then when it came down to it, they, they all took dirt naps. And, and you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, 
you do, but it just kind of puts a spotlight on. There's no way you can say that a team that won a three game series is better than a team that played 162 games and was so much better. Like the 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 playoffs are fine, but they're just the playoffs. They're really not the measurement in baseball of who the actual uh, best team is. And, and we've been talking about that for years. Yeah. No, and it's like you said, we used to have less teams make the playoffs in baseball. Never going to go back to that, where you just really no. do have the best playing the best. Um, so because we want to keep adding in more wild cards, but yeah, it, does, does it feel right when you have an 83 win team? Um, yeah. You know, doing doing what they're doing while you have teams that won 100 plus games just out. <laughs> more on our after show when we come back. Uh, into our VIP after show program where you get the iTunes download and get that extra after show footage of Jay yawning into the microphone. Yeah, I <laughs> didn't. I thought with the music playing that you wouldn't have heard much of that, but that turned out to be a really, really big yawn, and I did not have yeah. time to flip the microphone up out of the way. That's okay. That's that's a good indication that we probably don't have to have. Much um, yeah, after because that. we get to do this. Uh, we get to do this live in two days. So and we were kind of doing our after show in the last ten minutes there, anyway. So yeah, it won't be live on the air, but it'll be live no. in, in person. That's right. It'll be the after show for your uh, family, for your wife and kids, and, and for my that's wife. Right. They'll get to. Uh, hear us do our banter uh, live, but well, I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys. It's been a, been a long, long time, and uh, man, I'm I'm really looking forward to. It. I, I hate that I have to work tomorrow, and uh, but at least I don't have to work Saturdays anymore. So at least I'll be ready. Uh, whenever you guys get here Saturday, we'll be we'll be ready to meet. I, I don't anticipate that it's going to be real late. I, I think it might be like earlier in the like not early, but like early evening. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm just thinking about. You know, I know from where we start on Saturday down by you guys, it's going to be about seven hours. So that's not crazy. Um, and we usually get off to an early start. So with stops along the way and stopping for food and gas and, you know, and all that stuff, I, I'd i anticipate being down there sometime between like three and five, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's about what I uh, would expect. So, yeah, we'll we'll yeah. be ready for that. I'll which is a, which is a good dinner time for us as we usually do earlier. Plus, after we're done, I think we're three more hours to Jackson after uh, after we leave uh, from Memphis. Okay. I think that's where that's where I want to get to Saturday night. So that leaves us a nice short day for Sunday. Because um, I don't want Sunday to be a long day of driving. <laughs> right. Uh, but Jackson, uh, Mississippi, is um, that's where we uh, made our sort of not halfway, but that was one of our stops when we went down to uh, Pensacola. And yeah. it remind it just reminds me that uh, our dessert for this anniversary dinner at uh, Stony River Grill was a was a bread pudding, sure. and it was it was I. Um, I I'm but, not a bread pudding guy, so uh, okay. I, I always find it like. First of all, they give you bread pudding and it's enormous, and you eat three bites yeah. and you're full. So it's like, what's right. the point? Right. No, it, it is always enormous. That's true. Um, but having this bread pudding reminded me of the best bread pudding that we ever had, which was in oh. Jackson, Mississippi, uh, at a place called Lou's. So if you see a place oh. called Lou's in Jackson, 
they have the best bread pudding. You will well, not be disappointed with that. Considering that we're going to just left from having bread, <laughs> I don't think we're driving to Jackson for for more food. Um, oh, why not? You're on vacation. Well, that's funny because that's that was your stopover on the way, and then you know we're we're not going to Pensacola. We're going to Destin. Same thing. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's maybe another, you know, hour difference, but mm-hmm. maybe not even Pensacola and, and, the, and the Gulf Shore right there are pretty much one and the same, that whole area. So, right. um, yeah, we're kind of taking that route, you know, because when I was looking at the map, that had the most highway driving associated with it. Yeah. Because it was always, you know, it was either we'd go over to Tupelo and then down to Mobile, but there's a lot of two-lane highway going that way, and I just don't want to do that. So, Right. It's, uh, it's mileage-wise a little longer to go to Jackson and then over to Mobile, but it's all highway. And that's right, right. That's what I prefer. Okay. So that's what um, we're going to do. And, and it's, I figured it'd be easier to get a, a hotel room around Jackson because it's a, it's a city. You know, it's an actual city. I've never been to Jackson, Mississippi, um, okay. at least in my adulthood. I mean, maybe because I, I have family, a lot of my family in Mississippi and Tennessee. Um so they're all around some of that area, but if I've ever been to Jackson, it's not with any recollection. Right. So crazy how, how sort of small the world is that both of us, uh, lifelong Chicagoans, at least before you know before we grew up into adulthood and moved out sure. to, to different places, and yet both have family in uh, in the southern climes, and and my grandmother and, and her family are from Mississippi. So yeah. Uh, so we're both kind of got southern roots, but then we both wind up, uh, you know, being born in Chicago, and then we connect in school, and then wind up lifelong friends, and then uh, it's just weird how how uh, how life works sometimes. You know, we don't uh, get too crazy talking about that, you know that type of stuff, but you know we, right. we definitely keep it sports on this show uh, pretty much ninety eight percent. But uh, every now and then it's interesting to just kind of reflect and, and think about, you know, this is this crazy thing called life. There's so many different directions it can go. And uh, we're both uh, in our paths and our different directions. And now we're going to get to connect and meet up and, and have our families spend a little bit of time together. And, and it's going to be going to be great. And then I get to go uh, see my family in Chicago for, for Thanksgiving. So uh, yeah, we're, we're getting to that time of year. We're sort of time to, you know, reflect and look, uh, you know, look around and uh, take things in and, and slow down a little bit. And then I guess uh, be a little, uh, appreciative and grateful for for where you are, wherever that might be. Yeah, that was it was so odd when I when I moved helped to move you down to Memphis, and how familiar that road and drive was for me because I'd done it so many times. Mm-hmm. Well, you just happen to have family down there. Yeah, I had family that lived about two hours from Memphis, and then like I said, a ton of family in. Uh, all over, like, north and north central and northeastern Mississippi. Um, at least that's where they all started, and a whole bunch of them over the years ended up in the Chicago area or in Tennessee area where my my grandparents lived. So, yeah, we've got those, those that southern connection. It's probably why I love southern food so much. There you go. That's why I'm sad that we're not spending the night in Memphis because, you know, we'd be up at Brother Juniper's on ah. on on Sunday. But, nope, that's not to be. Uh, or Gus's, the uh, the best fried chicken oh, I've ever had. Oh, man, get some Gibson's Donuts. And yeah. All those places are still there, right? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Central Barbecue. Uh, your wife mm-hmm. turned us on to that place. Yep. Yeah, uh, there's, as you know, there's no shortage of barbecue uh, down here in Memphis, but Corky's no, is our, is our the preferred. Best, the best ribs in the – anybody who wants to fight me on that can fight me on that. But Memphis ribs, <laughs> I'll take Memphis over St. Louis, over Kansas City, over Carolina. Memphis has the best ribs in the country, so come at me. There you go. Yeah. No, our, our Sunday morning will probably be, uh, you know, Waffle House, the standby. Sure. If you're if you're going south, you got to do Waffle House. Waffle House and Cracker Barrel. Uh, you can't go wrong. <laughs> I mean, you really can't. Uh, and then you're you on know to, what you're uh, going to get. You might see yeah, some great fights sure. at Waffle House, too. <laughs> uh, don't go in there looking for that. No, I, well, that's usually, that usually happens like 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, the last I think the last time I did a Waffle House was maybe two or three years ago. And that was 5 or 6 in the morning. Wait, you and live in you live, there's a Waffle House right by your house. There is. Uh, God, I don't go. Waffle House more, man. Waffle House is the shit. I don't like d- ducking bullets while I'm eating. I just, just oh, not geez. something. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. The last time I walked into a Waffle House, it, it, was, it wasn't the one around my house. It was the one. It was one closer to my job. It was maybe a, a mile from oh, my job. Sure. You got to be and careful I, of which Waffle House you go to. I swear, I walked in. It was like a, a pimp and like three of his hoes sitting right there. And I'm like, oh, oh shit, okay. Well, at least at least it wasn't <laughs> at least it wasn't like the place that we went to with you guys in Tunica. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I forgive the name. It was like red. I, white I don't know. I don't want to call out the place, but you clearly <laughs> we clearly walked in, and those people did not like that we were with the coloreds. Let's just say that. <laughs> Like they'd never seen white people and black no. people dine together before. It was like I, really. I mean, it felt like we transported back about sixty years. Yes, yes, and it did feel just very like that. awkward. Me and my wife, and I believe my daughter was in a. Uh, I mean, she was. Your daughter was tiny. Yes. She was. Yeah, she was just like a month old. Yeah, and, and you guys, we all sat down and just the looks and. <laughs> like really? Like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, are there separate water fountains here? There's, there's something I need to know about. That place uh, was, me. yeah. It's Mississippi. That's that's all I yeah. can tell you. Well, Tennessee, parts of Tennessee aren't too much better, so I, you know. No. <laughs> the, the farther uh, east you go, I I, yeah. I talked about going yeah. out to uh, to the mountains to. to uh, uh, well, don't be going to like Appalachia or anything like that. Well, it was around there. It was, oh, yeah. okay. You know, uh, Sevierville is, is not too much. Too no, much that's well, that's 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 touristy out over there. Sevierville, Gatlinburg, and all those areas. That's that's the nice part of Appalachia. <laughs> that if that was nice, I don't want to know the uh, the mean. Well, it had to be nice because we were we're still standing. So I guess you're right about that. Yeah, but nobody no, was nobody was playing banjos with you or nothing. I could have. It's what it sounded like. I could have. I could have swore I was hearing banjos in the background. No, I, just walking through the grocery store and some of the looks I was getting there, and I'm like, I understand oh. I'm the only Negro in here, but really, come on. Yeah. And then guys in in uh, there was there was one guy in a you know in one of those uh, motorized carts in the grocery store. Oh, the fatty scooters. Yeah. Um, and the belts that. that uh, yeah, you did. Okay. Uh, you you just did that, and the the belch that he let out when he saw me was like, what was the point of that? Like, okay, basically he was saying what he wanted to. He, he couldn't say the words he wanted to say to me, so he just opened his mouth and let out the biggest burp you've ever heard. 
like right in my face, and I'm like, okay, that's okay. Let me get the get the hell out of here before I hurt somebody because this is ridiculous. <laughs> Sevierville, huh? Not your, yeah. Not your favorite vacation destination. Ah, we're not going back there. If I have anything to say about it, we're never. I, it, it was a great all cabin. Know, it was very comfortable. I was gonna say because all my recollection ever of Sevierville was is that's just the exit to get to Gatlinburg and the Smoky Mountains. <laughs> that's right, that's your turn off. Mm-hmm. I did, we didn't stay there. We were we would stay actually in like Gatlinburg, right? Um, you know, no, we we rented somebody's cabin out there in in Severe. It happened ah, to be okay. in Sevierville, um, you know, very close to Which, Gatlinburg, obviously. Uh, but it was yeah. oh, it was getting there was just the worst. Getting up the mountains, uh, we didn't know exactly oh, sure. where to turn. If if you don't know how to get somewhere up in the mountains, then you're just kind of driving around mountains and you're just looking around. And you're looking over the side of the mountain and seeing that if you make a wrong turn or go off the side, there's nothing there. It's just you and I, I gotta say, having, having lived out in the mountains for several years and traveled to them many times, yeah, dri- mountain driving is an acquired skill. I still have nightmares. It was not fun. And I wasn't driving. My wife was driving. I've, so she I've really had, some, had nightmares. I've had some white knuckle, you know, oh, sure. moments in the mountains where you're up on the side of a mountain and there's no guardrail. And you right. know that if somebody comes around a turn too tight, uh, you're over. dead. There's yeah, nothing you can do. It's all over. You're you're, yeah. you're rolling and rolling, and that's it. Sayonara. I remember I, being I up even... in mountains in Colorado and way up there, like Independence Pass. You know, you're up at like fourteen thousand feet, almost twelve thousand, fourteen thousand feet, and you're yeah. on this road that goes down to one lane, both oh. directions. Yeah, and it's dirt. And all of a sudden, we're coming around a corner, and there's a giant, tr- like, semi-truck. Oh, wow. Coming around the corner at us. And us, and we were on the valley side of the mountain, and mm. this truck squeezed by us. And I, if we had six inches of space between us and death, I would have been, <laughs> oh. like, I, could, I was looking out the passenger window, and I did not see road when right, I looked just down. Right, just mm-hmm. Just, yeah, just, just. Yeah, death. I just saw death, <laughs> oh. and the, and the truck made it by us, and we you know we all went back to it and got our normal skin color back and went on our way. <laughs> uh, that's the old Tom and Jerry where you just turn completely white. Ah! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So not, not oh, a fan. Of that. We, we got enough single lane uh, highways here in Tennessee uh, doing stuff like that, but it wasn't anything like driving in the mountains of, uh, of Tennessee there. Uh, right. Not, not a fan. Plus the, just yeah. thinking about uh, a bear every now and then coming out of nowhere, like not fun. No, not, not Been fun there. for me. Not, not, not my, a, not my cup of tea. Had a grizzly bear stand up right in front of our car. Nah. Had buffalo, herds of buffalo. All of a sudden you're driving and the next thing you know, you're surrounded by a herd of buffalo that just ran up the side of a cliff. Like, Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, yeah. Just passing through. And you're can, just can you let me through, please. And they're very respectful. They, they 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 definitely honored the rules of the road. You know, they didn't like headbutt <laughs> us or nothing. But it was pretty wild. Uh, we 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 got a herd of bison out here. Uh, every uh, we got a farm, Shelby Farm, that we near, sure. live near. So we always always say hi to the bison and then honor the bison. And every now and near, uh, every now and then, a deer wants to come out and jump in the in the middle of the road. So we, yeah. we get that every now and then. So. All right, I'm gonna Tennessee call it. Life. Okay, I'm gonna call it. I'm 
gonna head to bed and uh put a cap on this night and get up tomorrow and know that I'm only a few hours away from starting my trek for vacation. And he's really uh, out of here because he dropped. <laughs> he didn't mean to do that, but he was winding it up anyway, so it's okay. All right. Uh, you've heard all our picks for week seven. Uh, I got to work tomorrow, so I'm not going to stay up and put all this stuff on the blog because we got till Sunday. So I'll put it up probably tomorrow when I get home from work or something like that. Um, and then we will see you all and talk to you all next week for uh, the week eights uh, and recapping week seven. But I don't know how much of a recap we're going to do since Jay's not going to be watching any football. As he just told you, he'll be on vacation. Um, so we'll probably do an uh, abridged version of our awards. Uh, if he does any awards, we'll we'll, we'll text and, and talk about that and figure out how we're going to do our, our week eight show. But it's not going to sound exactly like our normal football party will definitely be a bridge and he's going to be, uh, he plans to be a, like at a hotel and, and do a short call in. So it's more likely to be an hour show, hour and a half somewhere in that vicinity, but we will definitely have week eight picks or if things don't work out, he'll uh, email me his picks and I'll do a solo show. We will see how it all works out, but either way we're done here for week seven uh, and giving out our week six awards. So hopefully you all enjoyed that. Uh, for Jay, who has dropped, I am Dre. This has been, in much less detail, the podcast. We, as always, thank you all for listening, and we really do hope you take some time and appreciate everything that you have, whatever it is you may have. Uh, always be thankful and appreciative. Um, and I'm thinking about that just because I get to see my best friend uh, in a couple of days, who I haven't seen in person in a couple of years, and I haven't seen his kids since they were real, real little, seven or eight years, so definitely looking forward to all of that thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you next week Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.